I'm asking all of my listeners, my proud supporters of our courageous men and women in blue to join me and express your unwavering appreciation for law enforcement. Pin Blue Line USA has stylish apparel, great accessories that make a statement and flags that fly with pride. They've got everything you need to show your support for law enforcement. Go to PinBlueLineUSA.com and shop a wide selection of products to show up your patriotism. Use code SID and get 15% off. Stand with me, Sid, and stand with WABC as we honor those who protect and serve. ThinBlueLineUSA.com. Once again, use the code word Sid. Entertaining and informative. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. House Republicans have narrowly passed a bill to raise the nation's debt ceiling. Even party leaders acknowledge the bill is nowhere close to becoming law. The House on Wednesday passed a bill to increase the debt limit by $1.5 trillion, while at the same time imposing an array of spending cuts to the federal budget. President Biden has already said he would veto the bill, and there's very little chance it'll pass in the Democrat-controlled Senate in its current form. It's Tucker Carlson. One of the first things you realize when you step outside the noise for a few days is how many genuinely nice people there are in this country, kind and decent people, people who really care about what's true. When honest people say what's true calmly and without embarrassment, they become powerful. That's the iron law of the universe. True things prevail. Where can you still find Americans saying true things? There aren't many places left, but there are some, and that's enough. As long as you can hear the words, there is hope. See you soon. Fans starting to head for the exits here in Cleveland. Yep. The exodus has begun. Led by Jalen Brunson, the Knicks win their first playoff series since 2013. Mild upset of the fourth-seeded team, beating Cleveland handily four games to one.
Miami 2017 before we all moved here to Florida. Well, lots of folks haven't moved to Florida. Millions and millions and millions of us still live in New York City. But we may go to Florida next week at some point, and why is that? Because the Knickerbockers, for the first time in 10 years, and for only the second time in 23 years, are moving on to the second round of the NBA playoffs and taking on the Miami Heat. Billy Joel, Miami 2017, get ready for Knicks and Heat 2023. The Knickerbockers went to Cleveland last night, had an opportunity to wrap up the series in quick fashion, five games. It would require two road wins in Cleveland to wrap it up in five, and the Knicks did just that. Never really trailed, pretty much led the whole way, built uh, an 18-point lead at one point. Lead went down to nine. Knicks got it right back to 14, and when it was over, the Knicks beat the Cavaliers by 11, 106 to 95, the final score. And the Knicks are on their way once again to second round playoff action. Here was Knickerbocker head coach Tom Thibodeau after the Knicks got the win last night, the toast of the town. Two years ago, Thibodeau won coach of the year. After a miserable season last year, Nick Vance wanted Tom Thibodeau fired. <laughs> and now, once again, he beat a man. This would be Lou Rapino, cut number 20, Nick head coach Tom Thibodeau, as the Knicks make quick work of the higher-seeded Cleveland Cavaliers and get set to take on Miami in a second-round matchup. Things clicked for us. I thought we played well down the stretch of the regular season and carried over into the playoffs. And then we had a number of guys step up. So we, you know, we took some hits and the other guys played more and more significant roles in different positions and that sort of thing. And I think that helped us here. And I thought we had a number of guys step up tonight. No doubt about it. What a game from Mitchell Robinson, 13 points, 16 rebounds, a couple of block shots. You know Jalen Brunson. You know, Jalen became just the second Knickerbocker ever to score at least 20 points in all four playoff games before last night. The first, believe it or not, Breen uh, tried to guess. You know, they brought up Patrick Ewing, Carmelo Anthony. Dick Barnett, believe it or not, was the only other Nick to score at least 20 points in four consecutive playoff games. Now it's five straight for Brunson, but guys like Josh Hart coming off the bench. Another big game last night, and a lot of points, but a ton of rebounds. OB Toppin, once again, Julius Randle got hurt last night. Actually, uh, did a very good job early on there, Julius. Had a very good first half, 13 points, dished out six assists, but jumped up to defend a shot, landed on a Cavalier foot, and really rolled that ankle again badly. Obi Toppin started the second half, and on the very first Nick possession of the second half, Toppin drilled a three from the corner. He kind of set the pace from there. So the Knicks getting contributions from a lot of guys. It's a good basketball team. Now two starters down, both Julius Randle and Quentin Grimes out last night. Didn't matter. Knicks just played real good team ball, and they win by 11, and they are moving on. Knicks and Heat, it's such a, um, I guess the word uh, I would I would use is uh, incestuous series. But, I mean, you think about Pat Riley, Pat Riley coaching the Knicks. 
the improbable 1994 NBA Finals where the Knicks lost to the Houston Rockets and Pat Riley became the darling of New York. And then, of course, people in New York hated Pat Riley because he faxed in. Yes, folks, he faxed in his resignation, went down to Miami, and has spent the last 25 years building powerhouses with the Heat, winning a championship with Shaquille O'Neal and Dwayne Wade, winning two championships with James, Wade, and Bosh, and now this Jimmy Butler team once again doing damage. you got Pat Riley, Nick Heat, guys like Glenn Rice, Nick's Heat, Alonzo Mourning, all these guys, you played for the Nets, obviously, but over the years, with all the New Yorkers going down to Florida, such an incestuous relationship and memories, of course, of Alonzo Mourning and Jeff Van Gundy holding on to Van Gundy's leg. It's just been a great series, great series. Mourning and Hardaway taking on those Ewing teams. So here we are again, the Knicks and the Miami Heat, and the winner of that one, will take on the winner of the Philadelphia 76ers versus either Boston or Atlanta. That series has the Celtics one game away from winning it. They're up three games to two. The Hawks did win game five, and they'll play game six of that series in Atlanta tonight. But assuming Boston gets a win in the next two, the two series in the Eastern Conference will be the 76ers versus the Celtics, which is good news for the Knicks because both Boston and Philly are probably better than the Knicks. So you get Philly-Boston one series, Knicks and Heat in the other. Uh, Quickly out west, just so you know, Denver will take on Phoenix. The other series, Sacramento-Golden State, that winner, and that series is now 3-2 Golden State, will take on the winner of the Lakers and the Grizzlies. That series has LeBron James and the Lakers up three games to two. So there's your NBA. The Knicks move on. Very, very exciting. Hockey. Big one tonight, Game 5, Newark, New Jersey, the Rangers and the Devils. Rangers went to New Jersey, won the first two games easily, outscored New Jersey 10-2, to and haven't won a game since. Shut down completely, just two goals over the last two games. And now New Jersey has once again regained home ice advantage, making Joe Nolan happy. Devils and Rangers, Game 5 tonight. <laughs> I just saw... I didn't even know this score because I went to sleep early. I just saw that the Bruins lost in overtime. They did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the Florida Panthers, my guy Vinny Viola, who, of course, one of the most successful New Yorkers ever, great Vinny out of Williamsburg, New York, his Panthers put up a pretty good fight in that series against Boston. Wow. And then, of course, uh, Aaron Rodgers introduced as the Jet coach yesterday. We've got all that audio, too. But the big political story yesterday was John Katsimatidis. John Katsimatidis, I have to tell you, wrote an excellent piece in today's New York Post. You remember last week when Mark Chernoff called in? Mark Chernoff is probably the most famous, most respected radio executive ever. He ran WFAN for three decades and had all those great talents there. And we spoke to Chernoff, you remember this, about AM radio. And Cherney was like, we got to keep AM radio. It's important. It's local. We know that guys like Sean Hannity and Mark Levin, they've been yelling about it. Clearly, getting rid of AM radio in new cars, in electric cars, means they're trying to silence conservative radio. Well, John Katsimatidis wrote a great, not good, a great column in today's New York Post. In the op-ed section, page 31, it is entitled, We Must 
Save AM Radio. you got to read this. John Katsimatidis. This for John, fresh off his interview yesterday on his afternoon show, Cats at Night, I almost said. Cats and Cosby with Rita, where they had the president, Donald Trump, on the program, the 45th president, of course. And that was a terrific job. So Katz is on fire these days. Big op-ed about AM radio today. Had Donald Trump yesterday. So if you missed it, got a couple of real good cuts here early on. Trump with Katz and Cosby. Uh, in this one, Donald Trump talks about Joe Biden. Joe Biden, of course, announced he's running again just two days ago. And Trump basically says, this guy Biden never should have been there in the first place. This is cut number one. A man atop that is incompetent. We know that. You know that. Everybody knows that. He's grossly incompetent. He shouldn't be there in the first place. Uh, He goes on here. I've got about five or six cuts. We'll play one more, save the rest for later on. Here he talks about the border crisis and how the drugs coming into the United States, more than 10 times what it was when he was in charge. Donald Trump. With my man, John Katzenmatidis, Katz and Cosby, cut number two. It was all self-inflicted, what, what they've done. We had the safest border that we've ever had. Very few people coming in. By the way, the drugs are now 12 times more than what was coming in three years ago. Think of it, 12 times. The drugs are pouring into our country. So I spent a lot of time yesterday morning promoting the fact that President Trump was going to be on with John and Rita. And he was, and it was great. It was about um, 3 o'clock yesterday afternoon, and I had just gotten to my New York sports club where I work out about five times a week. Yes, I do take my balance of nature. Then I go to the gym, 34th, between Park and Lexington, and I get a text on my phone, Lewis, from a 508 area code. And I have no idea what that is. You, you don't know still? No. Well, now I know. Oh. I look down at the phone. I'm in the gym getting ready to blast Boston. a whole bunch. Nope. By the way, it's not Boston? I don't know. Well, maybe it is. That's, I don't okay. know what the area code is, but I'll read you what the text read as I'm getting ready to blast That's my, clue. my back exercise. The text read this from the 508, 3 o'clock yesterday afternoon. Hi, Mr. Rosenberg. This is Margo Martin. Another Margo. You know, I never really heard the the, uh, the name Margo outside of uh, who are those twins? They're both hot, the blondes. The ones who were in California? Yes. The, oh, yeah. Actresses. They, yeah. Um, they didn't do. Oh. One sister did well, one didn't. Margo, Land, Margo Land, did well. Landers? Audrey Landers? Not no, Landers. Not them. No. Ah, were they, come on. they were famous? Very they, famous. Very famous. That's the only time I heard the name Margo. Now, between John's beautiful wife, Margo Katsimatidis, Bo Deedle's beautiful fiance. And now this uh, Margo Morton. I think I've spoken to three Margos in a week. Funnily enough, this Margo and lovely Margo Katsimatidis both smell, spell Margo without a T. Right. I, I think the other Margo Margo, also, Ro- Margo Robbie? Not Margo Robbie. Good one, though. There's a good one. I did forget about her. Mm. Wolf of Wall Street. What a piece of her. <laughs> you know. No, no, I was younger. It was uh, they're like twin sisters, I believe. One of them was named Margo Blonde Hair. Margot Robbie's a good one, and Margot Robbie does spell it with a D. Yes, she does. Yeah. Says, uh, hi, Mr. Rosenberg. This is Margot Morton in President Trump's office. President Trump has agreed to call into your radio show soon and is looking forward to doing it. Would you mind sharing your email and producer's email with me? 
Thank you very much, Margo. So I did exchange emails. So uh, after the fantastic job that John and Weta did with President Trump yesterday, it is now official. President Trump will be joining me right here over the next couple of days. In fact, I'm waiting to hear back from Eliza today for the exact time and day, but it will be very, very, very soon, according to Morgo. So Trump, you know, did John and Rita yesterday, and he's always doing Levin and Hannity. You know, I went on Truth Social a couple days ago, and I actually wrote, and I tagged the president. I said, he's got to stop doing the same three shows. You know, President Trump wants to get a couple of Long Island suburban housewives to vote for him. Hannity doesn't get those folks. Certainly, Mark Levin doesn't get those folks. But the guy that gets nearly an eight every morning in New York, who does bring on some Democrats and actually has housewives that enjoy the show, that's me. Stop doing the same two or three old, crusty, conservative folks and hop on a show that's got a broader audience. I put that on Truth Social two days ago. And now, as it turns out, President Trump will join us. His daughter-in-law, Lara Trump, who's become a regular on this show, she'll join us today. So we'll do Lara today and Donald over the next few days. But again, great job by John and Rita yesterday and a terrific job by John Katsimatidis. Page 31, today's New York Post, a great op-ed, and it reads, We Must Save AM Radio. Also, last night, Tucker Carlson finally spoke after getting fired on Monday. I know they're calling it parting ways mutually, all that nonsense. But uh, Tucker finally did speak last night about his, well, I guess his exit. We'll leave it at that. Here's what he had to say. This would be cut. uh, What cut is this? Cut number 14, Tucker Carlson. First time you've heard from him since leaving Fox News on Monday. Good evening. It's Tucker Carlson. One of the first things you realize when you step outside the noise for a few days is how many genuinely nice people there are in this country, kind and decent people, people who really care about what's true, and a bunch of hilarious people also, a lot of those. It's got to be the majority of the population, even now. So that's heartening. The other thing you notice when you take a little time off is how unbelievably stupid most of the debates you see on television are. They're completely irrelevant. They mean nothing. In five years, we won't even remember that we had them. Trust me, as someone who's participated. And yet at the same time, and this is the amazing thing, the undeniably big topics, the ones that will define our future, get virtually no discussion at all. War, civil liberties, emerging science, demographic change, corporate power, natural resources. When was the last time you heard a legitimate debate about any of those issues? It's been a long time. Debates like that are not permitted in American media. Both political parties and their donors have reached consensus on what benefits them, and they actively collude to shut down any conversation about it. Suddenly, the United States looks very much like a one-party state. That's a depressing realization, but it's not permanent. Our current orthodoxies won't last. They're brain dead. Nobody actually believes them. Hardly anyone's life is improved by them. This moment is too inherently ridiculous to continue, and so it won't. The people in charge know this. That's why they're hysterical and aggressive. They're afraid. They've given up persuasion. They're resorting to force. But it won't work. When honest people say what's true, 
calmly and without embarrassment, they become powerful. At the same time, the liars who've been trying to silence them shrink and they become weaker. That's the iron law of the universe. True things prevail. Where can you still find Americans saying true things? There aren't many places left, but there are some, and that's enough. As long as you can hear the words, there is hope. See you soon. All right, there is uh, Tucker Carlson, and uh, at least the liberal networks are saying that uh, there was some very vulgar, offensive, all kinds of nasty text messages that Fox found from Tucker about coworkers and others, and maybe that's why he's gone. First, we thought it was the Dominion stuff, cost Fox News $800 billion, and then this other stuff now pops up. So we don't really know at this point exactly why Tucker is gone, but he was out there talking yesterday. So I mentioned Margot from Trump's office, the lovely Margot Katsimatidis, and Bo's fiance Margot, and I couldn't think of the other one. Now we found it, Margot Hemingway. And what was Margot's twin sister's name? Mariel. Mar- See, there you go. But she spelt it really odd, right, Lewis? Yes. Uh, A-U-X at the end. A-U-X. Like Gary Tigers. Yeah, there you go. That's wow. right. All right. <laughs> like, what? Now we've covered the Margot spectrum on the very first segment. So much already done here. Talked about the Knickerbockers, the Rangers, Aaron Rodgers, played cuts from Donald Trump with John and Weta. Talked about John's great op-ed in today's New York Post. Played Tucker Carlson, Billy Joel, all that in less than 20 minutes. Folks, what a big show about to come your way. Guests start rolling in at 7.05. Number two, City Council, Brooklyn kid, Justin Brannan. He'll join us again at 7.05. 7.40, we're going to talk to Lara Trump. 8.05, Judge Andrew Napolitano. 8.25, Nuggets with Gnome. 8.40, the great Bill O'Reilly. 905 live in studio, my main man Bo Deedle. And casinos in Nassau County? Maybe. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman coming up at 925. It's a monster show. A monster show. It's your favorite talk show, too, in New York City. That's me, Sid Rosenberg, right here on Talk Radio 77, WABC. That was so many years ago. Before we all lived here in Florida Before the mafia Took over Mexico There are not many who remember They say a handful still survive With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. I see.
Hi, it's Lou Dobbs for Priority Gold, America's precious metals dealer. These are volatile times with high inflation, soaring debt, wars on multiple continents, and rising financial stress. Central banks are buying gold to diversify their reserves, so are many Americans. Call Priority Gold and find out how precious metals can help you diversify your portfolio. They're highly rated and happy to help. Call 1-866-303-6357 or get a free gold guide at PriorityGoldGuide.com. That's Priority PriorityGoldGuide.com This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. For my friends. 77 WABC. I mean, working at one of the great AM signals in New York was, of course, uh, WFAN, and they still operate on the AM. And I know that uh, your boss um, got, I guess, Mike Pence to record a PSA. Yep. And hopefully AM radio will survive. There's a lot of great radio stations that, for whatever the reason, are not on FM. And, uh, you know, I, I certainly hope the AM, AM dial remains an integral part of radio and stays in cars. But not my call. I just wish and hope that it does remain. It's, it's deserved that, you know, not everybody can move over to FM for whatever the reason. And um, most AM signals, uh, especially whether it's big cities or the small cities, do have a local purpose and a local reason for being there. And I just hope that it's successful, whatever Mr. Katsimatidis and um, the whole industry will be supportive and get to the automakers and, and just hope that uh, we can get the AM to still exist in cars. That former WFAN executive, radio genius, Mark Chernoff, he said that on this show about two weeks ago. And today, as I mentioned in the first segment on page 31 in today's New York Post, a great op-ed column by my guy, John Katsimatidis, and it's entitled, We Must Save AM Radio. John says, nothing is more American than a dirt road, a Ford truck, and AM radio crackling through the speakers. But some automotive makers, Ford among them, want to eliminate the AM option. And he goes on to talk about some of the reasons why. And it's a very, very important column and a great job by John Katzmatidis. And again, you know, Mark Levin, Sean Hattie, those guys yelling and screaming for weeks now, too. This is the way the automakers will silence conservative talk show hosts. Firing Tucker Carlson, silencing talk show hosts. I was on the New York City message board yesterday, and they're going on and on about all these hosts, some here at this station, who are in trouble now because what happened to Tucker. And I don't even know if Tucker got fired for something he said on the air. I have no idea. But I'm not one of those guys because I talk to both sides. In fact, I just got a very nice text from Kevin Breslin, Kevin Breslin's father, one of the most famous newspaper writers and authors in the history of New York, a great man, Jimmy Breslin. Kevin just sent me this text. Let me get this up for you. It reads this, early in the morning, big start to your show today from a Democrat listener. You are correct. You reach many people. The Mayor Eric Adams, Democrat, on tomorrow. Justin Brannon, very powerful 
city council guy. I believe he's number two in charge of about $100 billion. He'll join me at 705 today, Laura Curran and others. And look, don't confuse the issue. I am a staunch Republican, not because I'm pro-life or not. I'm pro-choice, not because I don't believe in gay marriage like Mike Pence. I do. I'm very liberal when it comes to social issues, but I can't vote for a Democrat, not these days, with as crazy as they've gone. And when I look at what the president has done to this country and what he's done internationally with his foreign policy, it just really drives home that I could never vote Democrat again. Never. Even Eric Adams, you know, he's going to join me tomorrow. So he frustrates me, I think, more than any other politician ever. And I had this discussion with Lou Ruffino and Justin this morning. Eric Adams can say something at 5 o'clock on a Friday where you go, you know what, now I know why I like him. And then Eric Adams can say something at 5.30 on Friday where you go, he is no different than the rest of those dirty Democrats. No different. In 30 minutes, he can go from, hey, this guy's going to get it done, to, oh, my God, we're in deep doo-doo. Let me give you an example. Yesterday, I spent my morning at the NYPD Memorial Wall down in Battery Park. Just so happens, ironically, Marco Katsimatidi sent me a text, and I sent the shout-out to Audrey Capra, Her name was put on the wall yesterday. I met her husband, Rory, sweet guy. Her name amongst 77 names. And it just so happens, this wall, I walk past it every day because I live currently, for now, in the building upstairs. Literally right upstairs. So I go home after the show yesterday. There's 9 million cops outside my house. I saw Paul DiGiacomo. I love him. And I have to tell you, the commissioner, Keyshawn Shule, Gave me a hug and a kiss. She was like, it's like we've been friends for 30 years. I couldn't believe it. She literally leaned over. She was walking towards the wall, being guarded by like five cops, leaned over. I'm wearing a pair of jeans and a ranger sweatshirt. Big hug, kiss on the cheek, like I've known her for 30 years. Could not have been sweeter. So she's not a robot. No, not even close. Wow. I was floored. So I'm there yesterday, and the mayor was supposed to come, but something popped up, whatever it is. But it was a wonderful ceremony. Again, the commissioner spoke. Some guy who's in charge of business down in Battery Park. You had Madri there. Like I said, Paul Giacomo from the DEA. All these are great cops there. But I get a text not long after from my friend Pat Russo. Russo, of course, uh, heads up all the boxing for the kids, the fights, the cops, the firemen. He's a terrific guy, really is. And he says, hey, do me a favor. Please thank the mayor, Eric Adams, when he comes on tomorrow from every cop in this city. And I, and I thought when I first saw the text, he was being sarcastic because a lot of the cops, to be honest here, don't like Adams. They don't think he's cop-friendly enough. Then I listened to the audio, and Pat Russo was being serious. And when you hear this, if you're pro-cop like me, and I'm very pro-cop, You can't help but like Eric Adams. So this is cut number 15 at the presser yesterday defending the NYPD. Cut number 15. This has been on my mind for some time. 
because I hear a lot of of people. I was talking to some, uh, some city council members the other day, and they were talking to me about uh, NYPD's overtime, NYPD's overtime. And so I said, is it that you dislike overtime or you dislike the NYPD? Because I never hear them talk about overtime in any other agencies. We have overtime in, in all the agencies. I have overtime. But no one gets riled up with overtime in parks, overtime in HRA. No one gets riled up in overtime anywhere else but the New York City Police Department. Now, if I were to go to you and say, give me the number to H&H, you'll scratch your head. If I said, give me the numbers to HRA, give me the number to Parks, you'll scratch your head. But all of you know the number to the police. You all know 911. <laughs> so the agency that starts its day of saying, I may not come home tonight. The only agency in this city that if gunshots go off, they're required to go respond towards it and not run to, away from it. The only agency that there's a bomb placed somewhere, they have to go, go and detonate it. The only agency that, no matter what happens, can never turn this back. We all focus on, on them. That's all we focus on, NYPD. So is it anti-overtime or is it anti-police? And if it's anti-police, Shame on us. How about that? I mean, that is fantastic. Eric Adams, who just gave the police a raise. He's in a very public fight with that lowlife AOC because she doesn't like the fact that Eric Adams gave the police a raise. And there he is yesterday defending the raise, talking about police, the one job where they go to work in the morning, may not get home. I mean, that was beautiful. That was beautiful. And that makes me happy that I befriended the mayor. And then. Then, right after that, I'm loving the mayor. Pat Russo, I'm loving the mayor. He says this about Joe Biden, and I'm angry again. Eric Adams, cut number 16. His age is, 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 is excellent. We need the wisdom. We need the skill set. We need the experience. You know, this, this, this president has navigated us out of these difficult times. What? What? His age is excellent. We know that's not true. He's 80 years old. He's a complete vegetable, complete vegetable, and is going to run again at 82. And if he wins and he's the favorite, he'll be 86. And then this president has navigated us out of difficult times? That's Eric Adams. Do you understand why we are frustrated? He's not just, he's not just a horrible Democrat. He's not. You heard him talk about cops there, defending the cops. And then he goes on to say, and I know the deal. Eric Adams is honest with me, and I don't share every conversation. He can deny it all he wants. He wants to be president. And he knows the only way to do that is to buddy up to the guys in charge, guys like Joe Biden. Tell us Joe Biden is doing a good job when, in fact, he is far and away the worst president in my 56 years on this earth. He makes Jimmy Carter look like Ronald Reagan. So there's Eric Adams. There, there it is. Loving the cops and then loving Biden. Ouch. Traffic with Joe Nolan coming up next. But right now it's time for the 77 WABC minicast clip of the day. Get the whole story in under 10 New York minutes. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Today's minicast is from Katz and Cosby speaking 
yesterday with the 45th president of the United States, my friend Donald Trump. Yeah, I want to get your reaction, Mr. President, to uh, what President Biden just said. He was at a press conference at the White House. He was asked about you at the end, and he said, I know him well. I know the danger he presents to our democracy. Well, he doesn't know me at all. We've virtually almost never met. But if you think about MAGA, make America great again, he's attacking MAGA, make America great again. He's destroying America. That administration is destroying America. And look, he announced for presidents yesterday, for president, and he did it through a video. He didn't even stand behind a podium and make an announcement. Who's ever heard of a thing like this? He did it through a video. It's pretty sad. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. If you had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Peerless Boilers on 77 WABC. Well, Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update. Sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to peerlessboilers.com. How did you start the... I have I actually haven't done the uh, well in a while. But why do you do it just now? I don't know. It sounds stupid. Don't ever do it again. <laughs> Please, just go into the report. Okay. Start well, I, over. Start over. But I was gonna, I was into the report, and then you I know, already. That well, and then you is, yeah. not to start over. I must would fire you for that. Yeah. Start over. Okay. Hello there. I am Justin Ellick, and this is your. Oh, here we go. This is going really well. Yeah. <laughs> well, I got to teach you a lot. You just don't yeah. listen. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, beep boop bop bop. <laughs> You're such um, an idiot. This is R two D two here doing your sports bottom of the hour. Justin Ellick, sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to peerlessboilers.com, pavilion to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best built boilers. Uh, for only the second time in 23 years, your New York Knickerbockers are moving on in the NBA playoffs. It's a big deal after last night's 106-95 Game 5 series clinching win over the Cavaliers in Cleveland. Jalen Brunson was old reliable throughout the entire series for New York, and he was again last night with his team leading 23 points. R.J. Barrett was right behind Jalen in scoring with his 21. And another complete performance for the Knicks punches their ticket to the second round against the Miami Heat, who stunned the top-seeded Milwaukee Bucks in five games. Game 1 of the Knicks series with the Heat is scheduled for this Sunday afternoon. Afternoon at the Garden on the diamond, the Yankees snapped their three-game skid with a 12-6 route of the Twins in Minnesota. While the Mets maintained their struggles, falling 4-1 at home to the Washington Nationals, good for their fourth straight loss. Despite the win, the Yankees registered their second straight series loss and now move into Arlington, where they'll open up a four-game set with the Rangers beginning tonight at 8:05 p.m. Eastern Time. That'll be Ace Garrett Cole taking the hill against 
Texas's Andrew Heaney. As for the Mets, they'll try and salvage the finale of their series with the Nats tonight at 7.10 p.m. Eastern Time. Joey Lucchesi will get the ball in that one, going up against Washington's Trevor Williams. And, of course, as previously mentioned, Rangers and Devils game five at uh, in Newark tonight, I should say, at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. The series is currently tied at two games apiece. Here with sports, sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Spoilers. Go to PeerlessSpoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a deal in near you. They're the world's best-built boilers, and I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Boy. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Friends, Guess that's about to come your way. City council member, Brooklyn kid. Used to work uh, with this kid many years ago with Chris Olivero. 23 years ago, he worked on the Opie and Anthony show. When I was hosting mornings at WNEW, Justin Brennan will join us. That's at 7.05, Lara Trump, she's become a regular on this show. Her father-in-law, Donald Trump, who was on with Katz and Cosby yesterday, will join me here next week. Coming up at uh, 8.05 this morning, Judge Napolitano, 8.25, Gnomes Nuggets, 8.40, Bill O'Reilly, 9.05, Bo Dita live in studio, Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman, and it looks like Vivek Ramaswamy, who's running for president, but more importantly, is the man behind the firing of Don Lemon, Vivek, and he may join us this morning as well. What a kind of guest list is that who does that who does that uh you yeah i guess so so uh biden spoke yesterday this rambling moron <laughs> i don't even want to hear about his age anymore no adams defended his age he said, wisdom are you nuts eric wisdom this guy barely knows his own name and now how about this now that he's announced he's running again now the white house actually has to go out of their way to repair, listen to that word, repair the vice president, this bimbo, Kamala Harris's image. Because right now her image is, I had sex with the mayor of San Francisco, and now I'm vice president. That's her image, right? You want to talk about her accomplishments? Well, she's the border czar. How's that going? Yeah. How'd she do when she was Mrs. Crime Stopper in California? How'd that go for you? She stood on stage and told the world during that first debate that Joe Biden was a racist, and now she holds his water. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
<laughs> Idiot. So Biden spoke yesterday about um, his age. He understands it's a concern. Well, if you understand it, Joe, Joey, as your dad used to call you, and go home. Go rent an apartment on Atlantic Avenue in Delray Beach. Have dinner at 4.30. Have Jill change a diaper about 7. And go to bed at 8 o'clock. By the way, you know, I'm not, I, I, I may be a white boy, but I'm not stupid. What's that? <laughs> no. I'm not, I'm not sure what that meant, but he may be a white boy, but he's not stupid. But he is old. Here's Joe Biden, cut number seven. With regard to age, uh, I can't even say, I guess how old I am. I can't even say the number. He doesn't even know. It, it doesn't register with me. Yeah. And, uh, but the only thing I can say is that um, one of the things that people are going to find out, they're going to see a race, and they're going to judge whether or not I have it or don't have it. I respect them taking a hard look at it. I take a hard look at it as well. I took a hard look at it before I decided to run. And, uh, and I feel good. I feel excited about the prospects. And right. I think we're on the verge of what? really disaster. turning the corner in a way we haven't in a long time. Sure. We're on the verge of disaster. That's where we are. I, I can't even tell you the number. He doesn't know. He goes, I inherited a nation with a lot of problems. That's why I'm running again. He, uh, he used the word freedom about 100 times in that horrible three-minute video he put out on Tuesday. When he talked about finishing the job, please, we're begging you, don't finish the job. Here's uh, Joe Biden cut number six. The reason I'm running again is there's a job to finish. The other thing is that, look, you know, think about what I inherited when I got elected. Yeah. I inherited a nation in overwhelming debt. Not true. Time, That's not true. Number one. That's not true. In the hole for the four years that he was president. Mm-hmm. I inherited a nation that had a serious loss of credibility around the world <laughs> yeah. America first. Is and, he serious? You know, the first meeting I... Stop it right here. Seven. Stop it right here. Yes, you inherited a nation. Credibility around the world. Justin, I know you do sports on this show, but Ukraine, Russia. Any wars when Trump was president? Well... Just give me yes or no, please. No, I'm begging you. No, Thank you. No, no. Is China that. talking about going into Taiwan? Did Rocket Man in North Korea stop firing missiles towards Japan? No. The answer is yes, you moron. No. God, you are so. This is. Un- I thought, I thought Why would just, I pick I, you up to do this I exercise? Was, my God. It's my, my fault. It's my fault. I thought it was just going to be my a, fault. a straight nose you yeah. know, down, the, down the line. So. Mm-hmm. Well, if you ask Van Gundy, you would, get, <laughs> right. you would get a long. There's no yes or no. You want to go back answer. to no? Yeah, no, no. Let's try and, that and, last and, one again. Any American soldiers leave Afghanistan in body bags? No. Very good. That's, that's a So, what is he though. talking about, Biden? We lack credibility around the world. Whether they thought he was nuts or brilliant, they were scared to death of Trump. That's why he was a good leader. No one's scared of you, you old pussy. Here's Biden, cut number eight, not said, play eight. To be clear, though, you just said I know him well. Did Donald Trump's decision to run affect yours? Would you be running if he wasn't? Yeah, I think I still would be running if he wasn't. I, I do know him well. He's not hard to know, as you know. You know him well, too. Um, and uh, the question is whether or not, uh, look, there's, just, uh, there's more to finish the job. <laughs> we have an opportunity Unreal. to put ourselves in a position yeah. where we are economically and politically secure for a long time. Look, we continue to have, and now we don't like to hear me saying it, there's still a contest between autocracies and democracies. And we're the leading democracy in the world. And it's something I know a fair amount about, something I care about, and something that I have... Uh, 
found uh, a willingness from awful lot of our allies and friends to follow. What? What? <laughs> there he is, folks. Joe Biden. He is running again. <laughs> All right, we've got three hours to go now. Now a bevy of big-name guests stopping by. Going to be a terrific three hours, I promise. 7 o'clock hour, which includes from the city council, Justin Brennan, Bill O'Reilly's morning message, and one of my all-time favorites now, Donald Trump's daughter-in-law, Lara Trump. All that coming up in just the 7 o'clock hour. Keep it right here, hour number two of New York's favorite talk show. That's me, Sid Rosenberg, on a Thursday morning. Coming right back on Talk Radio 77, WABC. WABC. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. Natalie Merchant for you, 10,000 Maniacs, as we start hour number 2709 on this Thursday morning, sitting friends in the morning. Lara Trump will be here at 740, Judge Andrew Napolitano, 805, Bill O'Reilly, 840, Bo Deedle, 905, and maybe one or maybe both, Bruce Blakeman, Nassau County Executive Casinos in Nassau County, we'll find out, and Vivek Ramaswamy. He's running for president. He's also the guy... That supposedly is the reason why Don Lemon got fired on Monday. All that's still to come. But uh, right now, here's a kid I've known for 20-plus years, dating back to the year 2000 when I was hosting the morning show with a bunch of folks. Scott Kaplan, Craig Carton, Eddie Ift. Uh, what's the other kid's name from uh, the Rocky show? Uh, Blaine Ensley. All these folks at WNEW. I was uh, hosting the morning show. And Justin Brannon was doing something with Opie and Anthony. I don't know what he did, but he was there. I liked him. I mean, I didn't speak much to him. But it turns out my intern back then is the guy that has spent the last 15 years running CBS Intercom Odyssey and has become one of the most powerful radio guys in New York history. And that's Chris Olivero. I think Olivero is still buddies. I know he is, in fact. With Justin Brandon, so is Arthur Idala and a host of others. And Justin's got a big job. City Council overlooks a budget of about $100 billion. But a lot of folks at this station don't like him. In fact, when I 
told Curtis Sliwa, I'm bringing Brennan on tomorrow. He said, what a disaster. This guy wants to defund the cops. You know all that uh, talk. So Curtis wasn't all that happy, but I don't make decisions based upon what Curtis wants. Clearly, Mayor Eric Adams is on tomorrow. So with that said, here he is, a man I've known for many, many years. I'm kind of proud of him, Justin Brennan. Justin, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Sid. Thanks for having me on. Good to hear you. Uh, good to hear you, too. So when I was doing the mornings, I know I would see you, like, by those 55-gallon drums when Opie and Anthony <laughs> would put women in there and, like, dump all kinds of bodily secretions on them. It was gross. Was that your job, basically, to do a lot of their, like, pre-show stuff? Yeah, no comment. No comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, you, you really don't talk about that because now you're, like, a real politician, so you stay no, away from Actually, actually, no. I don't. I don't hide. You know who who I am, or who I was, or what I did. I, I think it's important to have politicians who are real people these days. Not 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 these politicians who have been running around since they were four years old with a bow tie, saying right. they wanted to be president someday. So then, know? tell me, what did you do for Opie and Anthony? So I actually, I worked. I was interning then. I think for Opie and Anthony, I ended up getting a job as like an assistant producer with the radio chick. Ah, Leslie. Um, so I worked. Yeah, I worked with her. You know, the call screener, getting coffee, whatever I needed to do. I was just excited to be working in uh, in New York City radio. So you said to me yesterday. I said, "Listen, Justin, I've known you for twenty plus years, and I bring on Democrats. You know that. That's why the show does well. And uh, sometimes I agree with some of the stuff you say. Oftentimes I disagree vehemently. And two things that I have no patience for: none, defunding police." And bail reform, true or false? Your advocates are both. Well, I wouldn't say that. So, bail reform—very, very simple answer there. I think that, and I think most people, I hope, would agree with bail reform that we can't treat uh, rich, guilty people better than we treat poor, innocent people. That's ultimately what bail reform is after. Um, but. This revolving door of just letting violent criminals back out on the street or someone that's been arrested 25 times, 95 times, I mean, that's insane. That's obviously not working, um, and that's what folks are looking to fix. But the, the what bail reform is actually about is that if I kill you and I have money, I can get out of jail. If I kill you and I don't have money, I can't get out of jail while I wait trial. That's what bail reform is. Oh, that's not what it is. That, that may be what it's supposed to be. What bail reform is, is, is uh, trying to keep black people out of jail, despite what crimes they commit, even though they represent a, a small percentage of our society, they commit more than half the crimes. Then you get like a black DA like we've got here in uh, Bragg, that low life, or a black AG like Letitia James. And what bail reform is basically is, make excuses for minorities, especially black people, to keep them out of jail. That's bail reform, and it's nauseating. And people like me, guys who go to work every day, we don't want to hear about it anymore. We don't care what the what it's supposed to be, this beautiful visual. I know what it is. And the streets in New York are not safe because you've got racist people in charge of policies like that. So you're better off, Justin, just saying it ain't working. We need to fix it. Or get rid of it. Bottom line. It's not. I mean, I obviously do not agree with anything you just said. I don't care. I don't care whether you agree or not. Those are the facts. (laughs) The facts are that the facts that bail reform was meant to 
make sure. Justin, I don't care what, what something is meant to be. It's not about what it's meant to be. It's the exercise. What is happening? What's happening? You build a roster to win a championship, then you win 85 games, somebody gets fired. It was a disappointing season. Don't tell me what it was meant to be. What is it? it, it, I I mean, that's I'm agreeing with you. It it needs to be fixed because there's a lot of parts of it that aren't working. All right, fair enough. Now, what about this defunding the police? What's your issue with the cops? I mean, I I have no issue with the cops. I think that cops, you know, I think we need to let cops do the job they signed up to do. Um, I don't think that police signed up to be dealing with, you know, people experiencing mental health issues or, or nonviolent domestic, you know, violence, domestic situations, um, you know, but, but right now we have a system in place where if you call 911, a guy with a gun shows up and that's not always the prescription that we need. And sometimes people are calling 911 for stuff that the cops should be actually out there catching bad guys and not showing up for stuff that, that, that isn't necessary. So, that's, I mean, that's really what, what the argument is about. You want cops to be able to do the job that they signed up to do. Um, and I think it's also important that we understand that we're not going to more cops our way out of every problem. Like, you know, the cops didn't sign up to be mental health professionals. So you have to be investing not only just in making sure the cops have what they need to do their job, but that you're investing in, in wraparound services, education, housing, health care, all these things that affect why why people commit crime so but i but i you know the, the progressive caucus uh made folks take a pledge to you know uh, defund the police or else you couldn't be on the progressive caucus and i left i left the progressive caucus no you did leave the progressive caucus and yeah. the pledge uh, did exist so are you telling me that you left because what you just said justin makes sense you know, part of Eric Adams' plan to get the homeless off the street is to basically turn cops into psychologists. That makes no sense. So you're not out there demonizing police. You're not saying, oh, these cops go out there, wake up in the morning, and try to kill some innocent black You're not saying that. What you just said actually made some sense, and you left the caucus because you refused to take that pledge. Right. I took two pledges. I took a pledge to, to love my wife in sickness and in health, and I took a <laughs> pledge. I took a pledge to... Serve my constituents to the best of my ability. I don't take blood oaths like that. That's just silly. And right. I think it, it, it's why people are, are drawn away from politics right now because everything is so tribal and, and, and toxic. All right, I do like the second part. Now, tell me about the what you're calling the New York City economic recovery. I know Mayor Adams, who, again, is supposed to join me tomorrow, came out yesterday with a $107 billion budget. We're still waiting on Kathy, the governor of the state budget, what are your thoughts on this economic recovery? Look, you know, we, we weren't supposed to be in, in, in as good a place as, we in, as we're in right now. We, we're, we recovered 99% of the jobs that we lost during COVID. That wasn't supposed to happen until late next year. Um, and, and look, you're going to hear over the next, you know, you just said it now, you see tabloid headlines that say, oh, the city budget has ballooned to $107 billion, whatever it is. It's important to remember that we're not printing money, right? By law, we're allocating the finite amount of revenue that the city has taken in. So if you believe in the city, if you believe in the city coming back strong, you want those budgets to grow. Now, you can take issue with how we spend the money. If we don't save enough money, but that's up for debate. But, but it's a popular misconception that, that we start at zero and we just spend until we run out of money, that, uh, until we run out of ideas. That's not what we're doing. We're charter mandated to spend the revenue that we take in. 
So you got to save where you can. You got to spend efficiently. Uh, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to bring the city back strong. You know, the tourism is back big time. We're seeing international tourism, domestic tourism. People are spending money. The tax receipts look good. This is a, a, this is a real crossroads for this city where what we do in this budget is going to matter for the recovery of the city big time, probably more than anything else, because I think this is really a critical time for our city. My old buddy here, Justin Brennan, part of that the city council. Big shot, by the way, number two on that council. Uh, one of my other frustrations with the mayor is that he keeps asking Biden for money. That's not my frustration. My frustration is he continues to call out the White House, but he never says Joe Biden's name, Justin. It's always the national government, the national government. Call out this son of a bitch who announced two days ago he's running for president again. He's the guy in charge of the money. He's the guy refusing to give you one penny of the $4 billion you need. Why wouldn't the mayor, Eric Adams, Justin, call out Joe Biden by name? Because this city needs him and needs that money. Sure. I mean, I have no problem saying Joe Biden should give us some money. I mean, you know, the fact that, that you know, look, the city, the, this, the compassion, the New Yorkers' compassion is is limitless but our resources certainly are not and we need help we need help dealing with with the asylees that, that are that are being brought and bust to new york um and we can't do it on our own we can't we can't we can't afford four billion dollars five billion dollars out of the city budget it's gonna it's gonna be a wrecking ball in, in through our budget and we need support from dc joe biden's got to step up and give the city what it needs right now Joe Biden is hanging us out to dry. I mean, that's the bottom line. I mean, and if he does the right thing, I'll say he did the right thing. I mean, that's that's my job. My job is to deliver for my constituents, for my city. I got no problem calling people out if they're not doing the right thing. So tell me about Brooklyn, Justin, because I'm, I'm always going to be a Brooklyn boy. Grew up, of course, 2216 Quentin Road, right by Madison High School. Went to Poly Prep. I did move out to Bell Harbor, Queens, and I make my way to Brooklyn all the time, whether it's Michael's Restaurant or Brennan and Carr or my sister, Ray Sherry. She lives in Mill Basin. So I'm still a Brooklyn guy. You are embedded right there in Brooklyn. What does that borough look like these days? I mean, look, you know what? You know, one of the silver linings with COVID, if there was any, was that there's been a real uh, resurgence and return in, in, in people investing and spending more time in their boroughs, right? I, I think as you've seen, you know, uh, less people working in Manhattan Monday through Friday, you know, they're spending money and they're, they're working somewhere else. They're working in the boroughs. So I think you've seen a real renaissance in some of these neighborhoods where, you know, the same cafes that were only busy in AM and PM rush are now busy all day long. So, you know, the money is going somewhere, right? If you see tumbleweeds and, and stray dogs in Manhattan, right. the people are somewhere. Yeah. They're in the boroughs. And, and, and you're seeing a, a real vibrancy in the neighborhoods, you know, and people are, are sort of rediscovering. You know, I got people coming to me and say, oh, I didn't know this store was here. I'm like, it's been here for 25 years. Yeah. They're just realizing it now because they're spending more time at home. It's not a bad thing. We have to figure out how to balance that because for years – the, the since the dawn of time, Manhattan was the, the economic engine of, of our city. The, the problem is, not the problem, what people are realizing is that while Manhattan might be the economic engine of the city, the oil and the gasoline for that economic engine lives in the outer boroughs. But it's, but it's a big ecosystem that, that everything has to work together. So you've got a primary, I guess, coming up. I know the election, of course, is in November, I guess, primary in June, I know the Republicans are lining up people like Ari Kagan. He switched parties 
I hear a lot about this. Uh, Anna read about her last week. It didn't go well for her, but uh, at least the last thing I read about her. So tell me about your uh, your two big races coming up. First, the primary, and then the potential opposition in the election come November. So I don't have a primary. I don't have a Democrat running against me. So I don't have an election until November. I got a couple of Republicans who are all vying for the chance to lose to me in November. Um, and, and I <laughs> no, wish them all well. They're all vying for the chance to lose to you. So you don't think that uh, Ari Kagan or any one of these folks has a chance? I don't. I mean, yeah, I wish them all luck. Everyone's got their right to run. But, but, but why I mean, is that? I mean, I know you're the, you're the, uh, the incumbent. And I know a lot of people in Brooklyn, look, my listeners, they get angry. Ah, he's, you know, you know what they say about you. But I know a lot of people in Brooklyn that really like you. And a lot of my good friends, Arthur Idala, Chris Olivero, that really like you. So you've got, you've got the track record. You've won. You're the incumbent. People in Brooklyn do like you. Uh, outside of that, why do you feel like you're a shoo-in to win again? Well, I don't look. I don't. I'm not, I wouldn't. I'm not being cocky about it. But, but I mean, I'm gonna work. I'm gonna work my ass off because I, I. I love this job. I love waking up every morning and worrying about the neighborhoods that I grew up in and doing what I can to make it better. But I've done my job. Like for me, it's not about Democrat Republican. Yes, I'm a proud Democrat. But my job is to fill potholes and put up stop signs. Right. I don't do foreign policy. I'm not Nancy Pelosi. Right. Um, I'm going to stand up for what I believe as a Democrat, but ultimately my job is to be an elected official, a public servant. If you come into my office, you get help. I don't care what you believe. I don't care if you have a a Trump tattoo on your head. I don't care. I'm here (laughs) to help. And that's how I run my office. It's about helping people. It's about trying to make the neighborhood better. You always put the neighborhood first. When I come see you next week, I may very well have a Trump tattoo on my head. I don't know. Lara's going to come on today and Donald next week. So that may may be the case. I don't know. So you you basically will wrap it up with this, Justin. You basically overlook like a hundred billion. That's right. Hundred billion dollar budget. How much pressure is that? It's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, it's it's a, it's a big deal. It's a great job. It's an amazing responsibility. Um, but but this is this is a, a a very very critical moment for our city. We got a lot of work to do. Ultimately, look, I believe when you say a lot of work to do, give me the. We have to wrap this up shortly, but give me the top two, the two biggest things we need to fix in this city. Look, we need to make sure people feel safe, and that means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And we have to make sure that we're, we're building more housing so that people can, can have a place to live. we got a serious supply and demand problem. The reason why your rent is too damn high is because there's nowhere to live. So it's housing, and it's keeping people safe. And, and at the end of the day, I want to keep the, the streets clean, too, invest in the sanitation department. All right, there you have it. Justin, it's a great to catch up with you. It really is, and uh, I, I am proud of you. Congratulations on all your success. Wish you the best of luck. We'll talk again before the primary and the election, and um, keep it going. You know what I'm saying, buddy? Thanks for hopping on. Thanks, man. Thanks. Congrats to you. Thank you. Thank you. Justin Brennan right there, city council, making his debut on the program, and I worked with Justin literally dating back 23 years ago. At 102.7 WNEW-FM. Keep it right here this hour. Bill O'Reilly's morning message and Larry Trump. That's coming your way on Sid and Friends in the morning. No, it's true.
and friends in the morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. And I love Joseph Abood. Give me some Joe Abood, baby. Because you are so on the money. This guy's an idiot. <laughs> Word salad. Doesn't know what the F is going on. You're brilliant, Sid. So glad you called him out on bail reform. And he's talking, of course, about Justin Brown. And I got no patience for bail reform. Stop it. It's one big exercise in let's keep black people out of jail. There's too many black people in jail. Even though they... they Represent about 14% of the population, commit about 60% of the crime. Got to keep them out of jail. The white people like Brandon, these panderers, who I have less patience for. You know, Al Sharpton is what he is. He's a racist. He's black. He's a racist. Don Lemon is what he is. Joy Reid is what he is. The black people, the racists. But when I hear white people that pander like Brandon and tell me that bail reform, well, what it's supposed to be, I shut up what it's supposed to be. You know what it's supposed to be? That's not what it is. What it is is an unsafe New York City. Recidivists out there committing crime after crime after crime. A lot of them black. Jews getting beaten up in the streets, blacks. Asians getting beaten up in the streets, blacks. Oh, see, I say, see, I tell the truth. I'm not afraid. Maybe I'll be the next Tucker Carlson. I don't care. Because I'll get a job somewhere. Right? I mean, I'm lucky to work for John Katzmatidis because he answers to nobody. He got four billion FUs in his pocket this morning. Four billion FUs. I'm not working for Odyssey or CBS or Clear Channel. Panders. That's all they do. Pander, pander, pander. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you the way it really is. Not Justin Brandon's little. Perfect cloud in the sky. Blow me. Sick of it. Sick of it. But other than that, I thought it was a very nice conversation, but he clearly hates me. Because what I do usually is after an interview, because I'm good like that, I send a message. I go, thank you. You're very good, you know. And they get back to me in like two seconds because they know it's a big deal to be on this show. I mean, Justin reached out to me yesterday. I didn't reach out to Justin. I, I don't even know how I got my number. I said, did Olivero give you my number? He said, no, I had it. He reached out to me. I put him on. I even congratulated the kid, told him I was proud of him. But don't, don't give me that, don't give me that bail reform stuff. Don't do that. I'll punch you out across the face. Okay, how many tattoos you've got? Lisa Orban, 
who worked with me at WNEW 23 years ago in sales, says, and I quote, he wasn't even that great with Opie and Anthony. (laughs) All right, the president, Donald Trump, was on with Katz and Cosby yesterday, and again, I told you, I got a nice text and email from Margo Morton in President Trump's office yesterday, and he is set to join me sometime over the next few days, which is very exciting. But I have to tell you that the best voice for the Trump family may not even be Donald. That is his daughter-in-law, who's become a regular on this show, and I love her. I don't like her. I love her. Eric, who's a great kid, his wife, Lara, back with us. Lara Trump, good morning. How are you? Good morning, and you can just send my paycheck whenever you want for the uh, the weekly appearance. I'm just kidding. I love your show, and I love coming on. Thank you for having me. We do owe you a couple of thousand dollars, no doubt about it. So, you know, I was actually uh, on your Facebook page yesterday, and you do a show, too. Was it The Right View or the – tell me about this. I was watching you talk about China and all of these uh, major issues going on uh, in this country, outside this country. Tell folks about where they can find your work. It's great. Thank you. Well, you may have heard of the show The View. Uh, this is the exact opposite of that. It's called The Right View. You see what we did there. And every week I have three different shows I do. One of them I host uh, with a panel, and we talk about things. Yesterday, yeah, we had a whole show uh, mostly about China because guess who was the first person to bring up China to America and what a problem it would ultimately become for us if we didn't keep our eye on them. It was Donald Trump. And we are really in deep sin right now with China. It's very frightening. Uh, you can go to therightview.com, or you can find it on all my social media. So it's a fun time. We enjoy it. It is great. I watched uh, all those videos yesterday. You can watch it right there at therightview.com or even Larry Trump's Facebook page. And, yes, China uh, has been a, a very big issue, no doubt about it. And your father-in-law was on with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby on my station yesterday. He's going to join me next week. But he talks a lot about a, a variety of subjects, the border, how the drug problem now is 12 times worse than when he was president, talked about DeSantis, and talked about Biden. So when Biden sends out that video, Lara, on Tuesday morning, making it official that the age of 82, and not a young 82, not by any stretch, at the age of 82 he intends to run again, what was Lara Trump thinking? I mean, weekend of Bernie's round two. Here we go. We're, we're ready to see the media said prop up Joe Biden yet again. I don't know this time how he'll hide in the basement. Obviously, they use COVID the first time around as their cover to keep Joe Biden out of the public eye. You saw yesterday that he literally has scripted questions from media outlets. He knows he's going to call on them. He knows the question and the answer in advance. Um, It is a sham presidency. It's absolutely frightening. And obviously it's shocking. Like, who would have thought that Joe Biden would actually declare he's running for president? But maybe it's not shocking because we all feel like we're sort of in the twilight zone here, I think, in America. We see how bad things have gotten over the past two and a half years since Joe Biden and the Democrats took, uh, in large part, control of our government. America is not the country it used to be. We've fallen very fast. And, um, you know, obviously people don't don't trust Joe Biden as president. Obviously, people see how weak he has been. Obviously, this guy has trouble even forming a single sentence, let alone leading the country and the free world. Um, and, and, you know, talk about China. I'll tell you what, 
every day that Joe Biden remains president of the United States is a day closer that America is to losing our footing and our position as the superpower and the leader of the free world. Couldn't agree more, Lara Trump. You are 100 percent right. And the one thing that your father-in-law did very, very well, and it can't be argued, was in terms of foreign policy, Lara, there was nothing going on. There was no Ukraine, Russia. There were no body bags coming home from Afghanistan because your father-in-law said to them, I know where you live. I know where your wife is. I know where your kids are. And that works. You know, there was no China, Taiwan. There was none of that nonsense. And people go, well, how do you know? I go, how do I know? He was president for four years. This is not a hypothetical. He was president for four years, and the rest of the world wasn't on fire. Right now it is. How do they defend that? Oh, I, well, they they try every day not to talk about it. You know, they try to distract us here at home. You know, it was peace through strength. You're right. When Donald Trump was president and because we had a strong, respected leader, people didn't even want to try it with America. We had a strong military. We had a strong commander in chief. And a lot of our adversaries said it's not worth testing the United States right now. Well, they're testing us now. They're sending balloons across the entirety of our country from China and we're doing absolutely nothing about it. They unleashed this deadly virus that changed everyone's lives on America. And what has Joe Biden done to get to the bottom of the COVID origins? Nothing. Um, there, it, what we are doing right now in America is truly weakening us to a place where I don't know if we can ever come back, but we have to try. And I think the only way we do that is putting a strong leader back, putting a proven leader back. And of course, that's Donald Trump. But don't kid yourself, Sid. All of the woke nonsense that happens here in America, whether it's Black Lives Matter, whether it's transgender issues, all of that is something that China looks at and they love it because our eye is off the ball. They're likely funding a lot of uh, that kind of nonsense that happens here in America because every day that our our kids are twerking on TikTok, Mm. they're using TikTok Mm. to enrich their kids, to get their kids smarter and and, uh, applaud their accolades over in China. They're playing 4D chess. We are playing checkers, and we better get our eye back on the ball or we're not going to be able to get it back. See, you got to watch the right view. She's brilliant. Lara Trump, uh, <laughs> right on the money. I mean, right on the money, Lara. I do want to ask you about DeSantis, though I usually do. And you know how much I love your father-in-law. But, but, but I'm not afraid every now and then to take him to task. Even when he comes on this show, I'll do that. And I'm not sure if not debating the GOP guys is the right move because – If they would have said back in 2016, well, I'm not going to share the stage with Trump. He's a TV guy. Even though he was winning in the polls, that would have been pretty lousy. I feel like, you know, yes, he's got a big lead. He's got more to lose than to gain. But I'd like to see him debate these folks. First of all, he's the best at it anyway. And secondly, it's just kind of the thing that we do. But what are your thoughts on President Trump saying, huh, I'm not going to debate? Well, selfishly, I love a, a debate involving Donald Trump. I mean, what primetime TV? This that, right. it doesn't get much better than that. Right. Some of those one-liners he used to have were great. Here's what I'll say. We are in a very different situation. First of all, Donald Trump has been president. And why do you do debates? Debates are held so that the American people can see, here's where my positions are on X, Y, and Z, and here's how I would operate as president of the United States. He's done it, so we do know Uh, The bulk of that, because he's operated as president, and and obviously we know how successful he was. Now, at this point, it's kind of hard, I think, for him to say, yeah, I want to debate, because people like to talk about Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis is still not a declared candidate for president, okay? And and the closest person to Donald Trump who actually has declared 
their run for president is Nikki Haley. She's polling at 4%. Donald Trump is polling at 53%. So for a lot of people, they say, well, you know, this is half of the GOP field that he's already winning without any debate. I agree with you. I like a debate, and that's just a personal preference. But I can see the argument that he's making, which is I've done the job. I've been successful at it. You know what my positions are. And the closest person in the field to me is nearly 50 points under me. Now, maybe that changes, and maybe he changes uh, his stance on that. Uh, Obviously, we'll have to wait and see. This uh, may be a little touchy, but uh, the one thing about you is you're not afraid to answer anything, and that's the reason why I think you and I get along so well. But for some reason, for some reason, Lara, they're making it a big story here in New York that your sister-in-law, Ivanka, now has a different attorney. She's got a different attorney than your husband, Derek, and your brother-in-law, Donald Jr., when it comes to the case against the Trump family I don't care. She can have whatever attorney she wants. She can fire. She can hire. Uh, Is that a big deal in your family? Should that be a big story? No. I mean, I think, of course, people love to to capitalize on anything they can when it it has to do with the name Trump. I mean, the the truth is these attorneys are all working together on the same case, and obviously they know this case is totally bogus and and nonsense, just like the uh, district attorney's case there in Manhattan. Um, but this is a pretty common thing. I think a lot of people and families, if they've ever, God forbid, found themselves in a situation where you have multiple attorneys. Some people like one person, some people like another, but everybody is working on the same team towards the common goal. So I, I don't think people should read too much into that, although we know they will, Sid, because no, no. it's the I, Trump name and they yeah. love to do it. It is annoying. And lastly, I know you got to run here at the 750 uh, my dear friend of 43 years, my best friend, Joseph Takapina, he's been in court the last couple of days defending your father-in-law. More nonsense. This lady's got a set, i got to tell you, selling a book 30 years later to come out and, and say these things. Uh, I really believe that when we find out she's lying, she should be brought up on charges. But uh, not about that right now. Your father-in-law, with this going on, not long after he was here to see uh, the Alvin Bragg deal, he's doing okay. His spirits are great. He seems to be... Uh, really, really excited about this run. This case right now with Takapina and this lady not even bothering him, yes? Oh, it's outrageous, of course. It's the, it's the standard playbook, uh, 30 years later, really. Uh, but, no, he's not bothered by anything. And I think that if if nothing else, what happened in Manhattan with Alvin Bragg, all of the nonsense, I think that it really confirmed for him, said that he is the only person who can do the job that needs to be done, because it's not just about running the country. It's about exposing the swamp. It's about making sure that we don't fall into authoritarianism, which some of these tactics are very close to that they're utilizing right now. Very un-American. He knows he's the the guy. He's the person. He's the only one who can do it. And I'll tell you what, I've never seen him more excited or more focused on doing something than he is on winning in 2024. Donald Trump, hashtag 2024. Forget about Ron DeSantis or anybody else. I want Donald Trump to win in 2024 and Lara Trump to run in 2028. What do you think? <laughs> God, let's get through this one right now, Sid. Then we'll talk later. My gosh. I know you got the kids. You got stuff to do, too. But you are, you're just so great. I, I really do love when you come on and you provide all these uh, real insight. And it's really terrific. The right view is great, too. Thank you so much, Lara. Have yourself a great Thursday. Thanks again. You're the best. Thanks, Sid. Uh, Thank you. Look who's talking. I'm the best. You're the best. Larry Trump right there on Sid and Friends in the Morning. We'll take a short break. A lot more great guests still to come your way. We just getting started.
Sid and Friends in the Morning. Talk Radio 77, WABC. WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. any um, major jet bands on this show. A lot of politics that hour. Justin Brannon, city council there in Brooklyn, Lara Trump. A lot of politics next hour. Judge Napolitano, 805. Bill O'Reilly, 840. Bo Deedle, as always, live in studio coming up at 905. And then maybe one, maybe two, maybe none. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman. They're talking about casinos in Nassau County. I guess one at the site where the Islanders used to play, right? The Nassau Coliseum. Coliseum. I like that idea a lot. So hopefully Bruce will hop on. And also Vivek Ramaswamy, the Republican candidate for president. He was the guy that got in that fight with Don Lemon on the air last week. And according to everybody, that was the straw that broke the camel back. And Lemon got fired by CNN on Monday. So a lot still to come on this program. But um, you got uh, Alec is an Eagles fan. I'm a diehard Giant fan. Noam is a diehard Giant fan. Diehard Giant fan? Right? Yes, diehard. And, Lou, I guess you're a Giant fan, right? That's affirmative. Do we have no Jet fans on this show? Why would we? They're like, I mean. Come on, on. they're a big deal. I mean, come on now. Well, they're a big deal now, yes. They were not a big deal uh, before two days yeah, ago. Yeah, they were. Of course they were. You know what's funny? When I worked at the fan, there were no Giant fans. Joe Beningo, big Jet fan. Boomer Esiason, former Jet player. Craig Carton, Jet fan. Mike and Chris, whoever they bet on, they didn't care. They couldn't care less. Mike was friends with Parcells, but they couldn't care less. The only giant guy was like Carl Banks when he would do like an in-studio interview. Jody McDonald, Jet Fan, you and Cowboy a, Fan. You had the guys who worked on the broadcast. They were the that giant. That was it. Yeah. That, Me. Uh, that was yeah, it. John Schmelk, those guys. Schmelk, right. And Bob right. Papa, who right. would be there sometime. Well, he's the play-by-play guy. I know. But yeah. That's, they, but there was no talent at the fan. Outside of me, that were giant. Oh, Summers. Yeah. I, think, I don't even know if Summers is no, a giant. I, I thought he was a Jet. That's I think so, too. That's interesting. It seemed like everybody was a Jet fan. Yeah. Everybody. I feel like I've never seen more than two Jet fans in a room at And one. it still is. Boomer Esiason, Evan Roberts, Craig Carton, Jet fans. Mm-hmm. Brandon Tierney, Jet fan. They do have Tiki Barber. Middays, he's obviously a giant guy. But Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> that deal is done. He was introduced yesterday as the quarterback of the Jets. And even though Joe Namath, the all-time great, offered Aaron Rodgers his number 12, 
Rogers opted not to take it out of respect to Broadway Joe and instead will wear number eight, his number at the University of California. And as Joe Nolan pointed out earlier, that's the same number Daniel Jones wears for the Giants. Looks like the Jets, as he said, have the better number eight inside that building. But at any rate, here is Aaron Rodgers yesterday. He, he, he shouts out Fireman Ed. He's got it. See, no one told him. And I, I know Fireman Ed, and I like Fireman Ed. But all the real Jet faithful, they hate him. They're like he's a phony. You know how that goes. They hate Jetman. That guy Rob, who was a sales guy here, they hate him. Joe Beningo's like these guys are the biggest phony Jet fans ever. For some reason, Aaron Rodgers did shout out Fireman Ed. This is the new Jet quarterback, Lewis, cut number 17. I mean, it's, ex- it's exciting. Jets have an incredible, passionate fan base. I saw that last year at Lambeau. Obviously, you know about Fireman Ed. <laughs> Fireman Ed, really? That's where you're going, up in Ingo? Or? I don't know. Well, he'll learn. He'll, he'll He's going to learn very, very quickly. Yeah. Bro, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to hear the excuses. I mean, Beningo had the coach on. He has a podcast. Trying to get Beningo a job here with me every Monday morning. And they're like a politics on the weekend. He has a podcast. He brings on the Jet coach, Robert Sella. Now they text each other. That's how much respect Beningo gets from the Jets and their fans. He's a psycho. We'll regret that. (laughs) I know. Are you kidding? He's going to get those texts in the third quarter? Yeah, he is. What are you doing? This is a disgrace. What is this? Why is he still in at the top of wide receiver? (laughs) I want him out. Rodgers does go on to talk about how New York City were hungry for a winner. Aaron Rodgers, cut number 18. This was a big draw because of the people you see on stage here, obviously Coach Hackett. Um, the opportunity to be a part of a city that's hungry, that, that's a, a team, an incredible fan base that's hungry to win again. Hungry to win again. And then uh, one more here from Aaron Rodgers says he's excited to get to work. Right now I'm just going to focus on this season. And uh, I'm excited about being here. I expect to be here uh, for the duration of the off season. And I'm excited to get to, get to know my new teammates. I guess the question was posed, is this like a one-year thing or are you going to stick around for a couple of years? And he made it very clear, it's about now, right? For the Knickerbockers, it's not about the Celtics or the 76ers. It's about the Heat. It's about now. For the Rangers, it's about the Devils later on tonight. It's about now. Show me something tonight. Uh, Show yeah, me yo, something. Give uh, That Zabinijad, <laughs> I want to do that left circle. All right, listen. All kidding aside, you mentioned the guy. He's got to show up. He's, him and Panarin, him. number 10 this and number 93. It's on them tonight. Well, we got to get something. Yeah. 10 and 93, yeah. we got to get something. Yeah, we got to get some shots. Something. Yeah. A big 8 o'clock hour about to come your way. Judge Napolitano, Gnomes Nuggets, and Bill O'Reilly, a winner. Talking about Gnomes Nuggets, he's got your news. Coming up next. Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. I blame you for the moonlit sky and the dream that died with the eagles flight. I blame you for the moonlit night when I wonder. 
Trump was great. To be honest, I even asked about the Ivanka Trump split-up with the attorney that Eric and Donald Trump Jr. were using. She was really great. She's always great. That was a great hour. Justin Brannan, Democrat City Council, and Lara Trump. Coming up later this hour, Bill O'Reilly. Next hour, Bo Dito live in studio. And Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman. Bruce will admit to this day that I really got him elected. I mean, that and the fact that... You know, Todd Kaminsky was up against, uh, <laughs> you know, Laura. He was uh, uh, actually sided with Laura Kern. That helped Bruce Blakeman tremendously. But the latest story is is that Nassau County, which I know very, very well, Nassau County may in fact be getting a casino. And they're talking specifically about the Nassau Coliseum, the former home of the New York Islanders. So we'll talk to Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman about the potential for a new casino in Nassau County, Kathy Hochul's horrible housing plan, which is now, thank God, dead on arrival, and, of course, George Santos. But joining me now, he's usually on 740 on Thursdays, but kind enough to move a couple of minutes for Larry Trump, Fox News, many, many years, radio, I miss you name it, Judge Andrew Napolitano, Judge Knapp, happy Thursday morning, buddy. How are you? All right. Right back at you, Sid. Good morning. Uh, I have to tell you, I enjoyed your conversation with the city councilman about um, bail reform. <laughs> and I am 110% in your camp on this. And I want to present a slightly different view of it from my own perspective. So I probably fixed bail in my career for three or 4,000 people. You know, we would have these bail days. I would sit on the bench the police would bring people in. You got two minutes for the government to tell me. No, come on. I need you here. Come on, Napa. I wanted to hear this. I had the discretion to do the right thing. What the bail reform has done is to turn judges into clerks. They no longer have the discretion to look at a defendant, to look at his criminal record, to look at his ties or the absence of them to the community, to look at what he's done in the past, to look at the evidence against him and make a judgment call. That's what judges are paid to do. When you take that discretion away from judges and turn them into clerks, you you make uh, a mockery of yeah. the system. Well, it is a mockery. I mean, I'll repeat what I said earlier. It's just a vehicle for racist DAs and racist AGs to keep black people out of prison and pandering white politicians who want to really impress their constituents. They're doing the same thing. And look, I've had these discussions, George, with Melissa DeRosa, who was part of the whole problem with Andrew Cuomo here in New York. And she says, well, you got to understand, we wanted the dangerousness clause and they took it out. They kind of blindsided us. So don't blame us because you're right. It ain't working. But we wanted the dangerousness clause. Is it that easy, Judge? Well, the dangerousness clause, uh, in, in, in fairness to Melissa and in fairness to Governor Cuomo, would have given judges some discretion. The presumption would have been no bail. But the danger, the, the finding of dangerousness would allow them to overcome the presumption. That's a lot better than what we yeah. have now. I think right. she's correct. But the best system 
is the federal system where the judges have total discretion. I'm not saying this because I'm a former judge. I'm saying this because this is best for the public safety, for the entire system. It's even best for civil liberties for judges to be able to make this determination. You know, when these creeps are arrested today, the, the recidivists, you know what they say to the cops while the cops are cuffing them? Easy pass. Yep. Easy pass. Yes, they're mocking the system because yep. they know you're arresting me now. It's 8 o'clock in the morning. I'm going to be out in the street by 1030. Yep. It's easy. Pass. It's yep. just going through a, a, uh, a toll, and I'll be free once I'm on the other side of it. They know that they can't be held for what the cop just saw them do. Whether it's a stick up, whether it's uh, uh, shoplifting, whether it's fair beating, whatever it is, what the cops saw them do it, and they know they're going to be set free in two hours. You know, you talk gonna... you talk about your history as a judge, and you know that I'm dear friends with Joseph Takapina, forty three years, and he's in court the last couple of days defending Donald Trump on this defamation rape allegation from Eugene Carroll from thirty years ago. Mm-hmm. I think you'll find this funny. So I had a conversation with Takapina yesterday. So here's Donald Trump, and he's on Truth Social every couple of minutes just hammering this judge, you know, like he did with Alvin Bragg a couple of weeks ago. He's just hammering this judge. He doesn't realize, maybe he doesn't care, that he's making Joe Takapina's job increasingly more difficult every time he posts something else. When you were a judge, did you take stuff like that personally? Uh, no, you shouldn't take it personally. However, if it is an effort by uh, the defendant to influence the jury by something the defendant is saying outside the courtroom, that you have to take seriously. And that's what uh, Judge Kaplan, whom I know and, I, and who I respect, uh, warned uh, Joe Tacopino. And, and Joe's been my friend as uh, almost as long as, as he's been friends with you. Joe has a great reputation as a lawyer. Listen, I, was, uh, I, I know he had a parting of the ways with Bernie Carrick, also a friend of mine, but Joe is a fine lawyer. Uh, I don't want to get into the dispute over that, but, right. but Joe's job is difficult when the judge says to him, is your client trying to influence this jury by what he's saying on his uh, website? And, and look, we both know Donald Trump. You can't control him. You can't keep him quiet. But this is an instance in which he's got to stop this or he's going to end yeah. up with yeah. uh, something that's going to be adverse to him in the courtroom. That's one of the reasons why I think Takapina did not bring the president to New York. He just had a video where the president denied it, rather than having the president become the circus, while the real story is about this lady and her allegations. I want to get to Tucker. You worked at Fox News for many, many years, and I don't think it ended all that well. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't think it did. Uh, Tucker Carlson, he's out as of Monday. That didn't end well at all. What are your thoughts on Tucker as he joins a long list of very impressive people no longer with Fox News? <laughs> They're all, <laughs> and we're all good friends. I know. I, I, got, I got O'Reilly coming up in 25 Bill minutes. O'Reilly, right. <laughs> well, since, oh, I'll tell you this, the most talented person I've ever worked with in television is Bill O'Reilly, hands down. Since Bill left, Tucker has become the king of the hill. So I'll use a phrase I used the other day. Firing Tucker Carlson because of some private personal tweets of his would be like the 27 Yankees firing Babe Ruth because of his table manners. I mean, 
<laughs> right, or, or, tell, or telling Mickey Mantle to stay home because he drank too much last night. Correct, correct, <laughs> correct. But find out what he drinks and find him a truckload of it, for God's sake, home runs he's hitting. So with all the eyeballs that Tucker is putting on the screen, who cares what these private emails and, and tweets and, and texts are? None of them were intended for the public. None of them were even people he was he was criticizing in a crude way. Didn't even receive them. Didn't even know about them until the Dominion case came by. Now, that's one side of it. The other side of it is, you know, when, when you're an employee, and I'm going to sound like Howard Stern, uh, and you work for very rich uh, people, you are just a worker bee, and you have to do what they want you to do in order to keep getting your salary. So I don't know whose skin he got under, but yeah. I know for instance, Bill left. Nobody produced more uh, eyeballs no. than Tucker. True. Not free. I don't agree with him on everything. But I I, can, I have to say that after Bill, he's an extremely talented uh, television personnel. Couldn't agree more. He has distinguished himself far and away, no disrespect to Hannity or Jesse or Maddow, anyone else, as the right. best on TV. And he'll be back. So I just had Lara Trump on, Judge. I hope you heard it. And I did ask her. Oh, yes, I did. You I'm did. a big fan. I'm a big fan of Lara's. Let me tell you, if you're going to bump me for anybody, bump me for her. <laughs> yeah, oh, she, man. she is great. And I asked her some. Her husband is one lucky dude. Yeah, Eric is a great. <laughs> by the way, Eric was on this show last week, and he's great, too. And you're right, he is lucky. But I asked her some some tough stuff, including the family lawyer situation. Ivanka has decided to get rid of the lawyer who was representing her and her two brothers, uh, Eric and Donald Jr., in this $250 million family fraud lawsuit. And I asked Lara straight up, is this a big deal? She said, Sid, you know any time the name Trump is attached to it, they're going to make it a big deal, but it's not a big deal. She may be close to the situation. I'm going to ask you, is it a big deal? I think it, it looks, you know, this case is going to go to a jury, uh, and it looks a lot better for the jury if each of the defendants has their own lawyer. I can't imagine there's any adversity between, legal adversity between uh, Ivanka and her two brothers. Uh, but, but this is a real case, and the government is looking for uh, real money. And it would be a lot better for the jurors if they saw separate lawyers for uh, each of the defendants. I'm saying this with uh, deference and respect. They're all my friends. Ivanka is one smart cookie. I think she's doing the right thing. I do, too. And I'm not even sure why it's become a, uh, a major story. Yeah, well, because Laura, Laura told us why it's a big deal, because they all have the same last name. Right, that's it. It's being scrutinized by people in the press that, that loathe her father. And therefore, they will transpose that loathing onto her. Right, now, every week before we let you go, George, we talk about your great column. And you write a great column every week. You really do. Along with your podcast. You have like a million listeners. Congratulations. But uh, you. Yeah, <laughs> well, my podcast has taken off. And, and uh, my column uh, analogizes what Joe Biden is trying to do with Ukraine to what George W. Bush tried to do with Afghanistan, which is build an empire in another part of the of the country and waste American dollars and American lives to do it. And uh, but Biden's just a terrible, terrible, terrible president. What incumbent president makes an announcement for reelection from the basement of the White House and whispers <laughs> so softly you can't even hear what he's saying and it doesn't even make the front pages. But the public, <laughs> the public gets it. The public gets it. But I'm telling you,
telling you, and I've been saying this repeatedly, this war in Ukraine is going to explode, and he's dragging us into it, and we have no business there. And when American boys start coming home in body bags, the public will say, how the hell did this happen? Right. I know, you know I agree. I, I've been very adamant about it. So is my late partner, Bernard, God rest his soul. We never liked this from day one. I mean, I've had screaming bites, if you've heard, with Pete King on this show. I mean, I was just going to say, Pete King wants to bite my head off when I say this. <laughs> I love him and respect him. Uh, you know, we went to uh, Notre Dame together. We've been friends for 50 years. Uh, but he's part of that Republican mantra that thinks we've got to fight endless wars. And I'm part of the Trump mantra that says we've had enough of these wars. Bring the troops home. Agreed. By the way, Pete King is recovering Long Island Jewish after his stomach surgery. They removed a tumor on Monday. So we can't really yell at Pete King today. Yeah, he's probably listening to him. Pete, I'm going to say some Hail Marys for you. (laughs) you Heal and that you begin to look at Ukraine properly. Maybe that morphine will set him straight. Uh, listen, you're great. I love having you on every Thursday. Another spectacular conversation. Enjoy your weekend the rest of the week. We'll do it again next week, Judge. Thank you so much. God love you, my man. All the I love you, too. Thank you. There he is, Judge Napolitano, who's a big deal, mind you, at the Murray Hill Diner and uh, Villa Barulia. They love him there. Lives in Jersey, but comes to the city about five days a week. A lot more to do. Bill O'Reilly, Bo Deedle, Bruce Blakeman. Maybe one more surprise. Maybe Vivek. He's the guy that got Don Lemon fired. He may show up, too. You got to keep it right here, folks. Nobody does what we do. We are New York's number one talk show. Sid and Friends in the Morning on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Friends in the morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. This guy, Tucker Carlson, who's like the biggest thing on Fox News, he got fired essentially. The speculation is that uh, he, you know, not not for what he said on air, but someone was saying, say he's being, I don't know, I don't know what's going on over there, but evidently, then Don Lemon got fired over at CNN and then some other. Some guy at NBC, Jeff Shell, who's an executive, got fired. And I'm like, Jeff Shell is so lucky. And so is Don Lemon because Tucker Carlson getting fired on the same day you get fired, you barely make news. Like, no one will even notice. He's lucky. You're having the same thought I was. I thought. When they heard that Tucker Carlson was fired, they said, quickly, get those firings out there in the public because it'll be dwarfed by the Tucker Carlson news. I'll tell you what happened. Tucker Carlson got fired and CNN called a quick meeting and said, hey, listen, let's go fire Don Lemon. Now we can. And let's get rid of uh, Jeff Shell too, because uh, <laughs> now's the time to get rid of everybody because no one's going to really make a big deal about it. Could be dangerous going to work today. Yeah.
Howard Stern, MSNBC, Joe and Mika for the last 15 minutes, all about Tucker Carlson wanting to scroll the whole time. New York Times saying today that Fox News fired Tucker Carlson over highly offensive messages. Had nothing to do with Dominion computers, nothing to do with January 6th, none of that. Supposedly people at work were getting messages and it didn't work out well. I'm really looking forward to talking to Bill O'Reilly about this. O'Reilly claims he knows exactly, exactly why Tucker got fired. And he would know because he was that guy, too, not that long ago. So we'll talk to Bill coming up at 840. And then Bo Deedle, he's going to yell and scream at 905. And then Bruce Blakeman, we can get some casinos in Nassau County. And uh, thank God that Kathy Hochul... Housing thing is dead. And George Santos has announced he's running again. But it is time, as we do every morning at this time, for Noam's Nuggets. Noam, good morning, pal. How are you? Good morning, Sydney. Wanted to tell you about these conjoined twins who become all the Internet oh, sensation oh, over God. the last couple months. Can't believe you're bringing this up. Why is that? My beautiful wife, Danielle, brought this up last night, and my son was in shock because maybe it's the same story, maybe it's not, but they're twins, they're conjoined, they only have one vagina. That's right. But only one of the girls has a boyfriend. That's right. So the other girl has to look the other way. No, well... There's a little more to the story than that. Okay. So he's... <laughs> that's, that's just a condensed version. Of Sydney. <laughs> yeah. that's, a, that's the first thing that Sydney thinks right. of, of course. Of course right. Right. Look the other way. I, I didn't start there, but I see where you're going. Yeah. Uh, they are 22-year-old Lupita and Carmen Andre. They live in Connecticut. They're not far away from us. Oh, they're in Connecticut? Yeah. How old Do you want me? I can get them on the show. You want me to get them on the show? No, uh, not even a little. <laughs> they could pass the phone. Actually, like... I, I would like to talk to the other one, not the one with the boyfriend, because uh, that takes an incredible amount of patience. Yeah, God, God bless her. That's Lupita. That's right. Lupita. Yeah, I would talk to her. Okay. I, God I'll, bless her. I'll, I'll make a phone call. Doesn't it have to be both of them at once? Yeah. No, I, they both. They have two heads, so one right. person can talk. Right, right but then be, don't you think the other one might be offended if Sid is like, I don't want to talk to the other one. I just want to talk to. Well, they can both talk. Then fine. Okay. She may God. not care. Yeah. She may not care. Right. Yeah. Right. If the other, I guess if the other one has to look the other way <laughs> right. all the time, she can two look the other way for people. this one instance. Right. Yeah. So what is the story with this? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so how are we going with this? So they, you know, they want to end all these. Uh, questions that people might have about conjoined twins so good for them so they've become viral for that reason i thought that we now mm-hmm. are able to successfully 
operating. Not with them. They say that if they tried to separate them, there's a possibility that one of them would pass away. We don't want that to happen. Not to do it. Right. Good. good. So um, they uh, have been in Connecticut, and uh, they do this thing where you can ask them anything. So here's some of the ask them any segment they do. Like, how are you guys conjoined? (laughs) We're basically connected at the torso, Mm -hmm. and we uh, share a pelvis, uh, stuff like that. Uh We have two separate hearts. We Uh don't share a brain. (laughs) (laughs) Reproductive system, basically the same. Digestive system, we have two separate stomachs, but connects into basically one reproductive, uh, one digestive system, excuse Mm -hmm. me. We have one leg each, so it took a long time to learn how to coordinate walking. It took them 17 years to figure out how to coordinate walking, because each one was operating uh, their own leg. These people are amazing. I'm sorry. It is amazing. Amazing. So uh, one, this is funny. One of them is a college student, but the other's not. So, I mean, essentially, they're both college students. But one, she says, I'm a dropout. I'm not interested. The other one's a college student. Do you girls feel the same physical sensations and stuff? Our own sides are our own sides. And, like, that's, like, if you get stung by a bee, the, you know, Carmen won't feel that crap. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fashion-wise, do you guys uh, get custom clothing much, or, or is it fairly, like, r- r- regular shopping? Shirts we buy two of tops and then we have a seamstress that you get a lot of stares and how how does that make you feel we'd prefer the stares but more than the unsolicited taking pictures of us and oh, type of thing yeah, yeah so people see them out they take pictures. i gotta change my mind what's that i want them both in here okay i love these girls i mean they gotta go through so much garbage every day people like justin ellick I can't even what? tell you the Who? questions he was coming up with. I'm not. Oh, I don't even want to know. I'm no. not saying anything. I can just see it because I can lose behind the glass looking horrified, <laughs> and he laughs, and he's horrified. First, I was thinking about if you were a conjoined twin and how it would Hold go on. with you. I'm not. What are you talking about? And you would be screaming at the twin, like, what's going on over there? What are you? I need some of that. I have a heart. These are, this is a very uh, influential no, story. No, no, no. Yes, it is. Justin is asking, like, how do they go to the bathroom? No, I hate that. I hate that. Tell you, those are legitimate, legitimate questions. questions. Uh, they are legitimate. Yeah, but then I asked if their farts smell the same, and that's uh, without <laughs> Well, it's not a stupid question because they've got one digestive system. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So right. the farts do smell the same. I would imagine. Right, right. Okay. Well, it's you... still a stupid question. Yeah, yeah. Moron, what's wrong with you? <laughs> the, part, the first part is, but then you get to that. The part. <laughs> so, I, I can't even bring these ladies in here because you're just so sophomoric and so. Uh, yes. no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Well, hurry up. A bill so, yeah, yeah, so you were asking about <laughs> dating, right? Yeah. So Carmen is now dating. She met this guy, Daniel, on Hinge. So she said, uh, you know, she laid it all out there that she was a conjoined twin. And uh, Daniel, uh, they met up. And here was Daniel describing his biggest surprise when he finally met Carmen in person. Oh, he didn't know? My first... uh, no, no, he knew. Oh, okay. You know, no, she laid it out there. Okay. She said, I'm yeah. part of a conjoined right. twin. Yeah. My first impression was, wow, you are a lot shorter than I thought you were going to be. That's most people's impression of us. Did you guys know that uh, Danny DeVito is taller than Carmen? That's a fun fact. Yeah, so they're short. And you asked if they're intimate. She's not. Carmen says they're not sexually intimate. That's what I heard. Uh, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is what she said as of a couple of days ago. They're not sexually intimate. Uh, they're a close friendship. But they do go out on dates. And this is what they like to do when they go out on dates together, even though it's really the three of them. Usually just like... We go into his state and we like look around like little small towns. For hindsight, she's in Connecticut. I'm in 
New York. Bada bing, bada boom. But we only live like 45 minutes away. Yeah, so it's not that big of a deal. But just explore some of the small, like, you know, little quirky towns around, like, upstate New York. Yeah, they like to travel yeah. around upstate New York. But what's the other one doing while that? What, 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 the other one do? what do you think she's doing? Know, she goes for a walk? But she doesn't say anything. No, she was going to say. I just, like, this yeah, this I is a TV show waiting to happen. By the way, one of them <laughs> is smarter than the other. I mean, they say this. And so when they were in school, they used to copy off each other. When the teachers figured this out, they put a curtain between <laughs> oh, the two Oh, please. you got to be kidding well, me. One's got to be smart. Well, one, one is in college and one dropped out. Yeah, so one, one dropped out. Yeah. They're both in college. How it what? <laughs> They're both in college. They both got to go to class. What is one going to sleep while the other one? I, 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 maybe. I, I, maybe she's headphones on. Go, just go, to music. I guess. Go book them, Justin. I, okay. Yeah, right. I can see Justin yeah, bringing bring them in. Well, we you say you get them right now? Two yeah, headphones. Sure, I guess. Not one headphone. We need two headphones. <laughs> 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 no, no, they have separate heads. They have so separate they heads. Headphones. We need two sets of headphones. We need two sets of headphones. I can see Justin running around like a... We have to go, you animals. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. How many of us have them? 77 WABC. Was the best. He still is the best. He'll always be the best, folks. Whether it's 9 p.m. weeknights right here on WABC, where he gets big ratings, or his own website, BillOReilly.com. Great interviews, great columns, great television. The Killing series, Killing the Witches, coming out next. Every killing book has been amazing. Nobody better than Bill O'Reilly. All the talk about Tucker Carlson. Look, I'll say it. I'll say it for Bill. Since Bill left, Tucker is the best TV cable personality he's the best he just is no one's going to convince me differently but he wasn't bill and here he is for his weekly thursday appearance the all-time best my friend bill o'reilly good morning bill well that's uh quite an intro and thank you very much for that uh um, true all of it's true and look yeah. at, and I, look at i do think tucker was the best right now not you no one will ever ever be you to me, you're like Gordon, you know, like uh, Gretzky and Jordan. But would you agree at least that uh, since you left, Tucker Carlson was the best? Depends what you want. And I want to dispel a rumor here on Sid and Friends that Tucker and Don Lemon are not going to be conjoined. <laughs> it's not happening. So I don't know whether oh, Howard Stern God. put that out or who put that out, but, you know, I got to deal oh, with this stuff. <laughs> um it depends what you want, all right? So you the problem with cable news now, um, and I left six years ago, ironically, almost six weeks um, to the day that uh, Tucker Carlson uh, left. The problem with cable news now is it's essentially dull. You, they bring on panels. I mean, you don't know who these people are. You don't know what they say. Uh, everybody's frightened. Um, they're very cautious. It's very predictable. You put this show on, you know what they're going to say. Carlson was not predictable, and he was not dull. Okay, so then he, that elevated him immediately above 
90% of the other presenters, as they say in England. Okay. Now, for the first two years that he took over for me at 8 o'clock, he did not do that well. He was down about a million two on an average night from what I delivered. But then he said to himself, and he's a smart guy. I don't know him that well, but I know that he's smart. He said, look, I got to change this up, and I'm going to go and do what Rush Limbaugh did. Um, I'm going to go into uh, a certain precinct, uh, conservative, and I'm going to do stories that they are interested in, what they are talking about that day. And by the way, I know what I'm talking about because I trained most of the people that run the primetime shows. Um, they all worked on the factory. And so I know. So then uh, he became very, very successful and flamboyant, and, and you could turn on his program, and this is why you liked it. I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but I'm almost positive is because you turn it on, you don't know what you're going to get that night. 100%, which is very, very similar to my radio show. Yeah, I mean, you just don't know, so it was worth taking a look. All right, what has he got today? Now, there was, I, I don't watch a lot of cable anymore because I'm really busy, and I don't watch anything that I can't learn from, that I'm not going to get information from. But I would, once in a while, tune in to just to see what he was going to say in his like uh 42 minute monologue um and he had an advantage over me because i had to do six breaks because we sold so much i mean is there a reason why fox News is a four billion dollar war chest and you're talking to the reason right now but carlson didn't have a lot of sponsors because the left wing had boycotted him and all of that garbage uh, horrible horrible stuff um, and so he could just go on, and he did. And and, and about three, his base was about three point two million viewers. Right. Okay. That when you talk about a base in television, th those are the loyalists. But they would come in rather than two times a week. They'd come in three times a week. All right. So that his numbers were consistently um, good. He wasn't the top-rated show. The Five was there. It's interesting because if you look at my numbers on WABC, my ratings at 9 o'clock, under the QM category, which means how long people are listening to the radio show, all right? That's a very important indicator for WABC. Yes. So my QM is through the roof. That means they stay with the hour, Common Sense Hour, from 9 to 10. And, and, you know, 9 and 10 a.m. radio, that's not where, you know, where you are is where the listeners are. But we're very happy to be at 9 and 10. Obviously, we couldn't be anywhere else because they're taking my television feed. Um, but anyway, uh, Carlson did a very good job for Fox in the economic realm and to get people interested and on Fox Nation, which people pay yep. extra for because, again – Here's Carlson sitting down with Kanye West. Well, you don't know whether Carlson's going to throw water on him. You don't know what's going to happen yeah, there. No. And that's what draws viewers and listeners. It's true. I mean, that's part of the reason why our mutual friend Sean Hannity. I know you love Sean. I like him, too, but I can't watch his show because I can tell you already what he's going to talk about. The same Gorka, the same this one, the same that one. I, I can't stand that on radio either. If I know what you're going to say, no thank you. But But here's the bigger question. Why did he get fired? I mean, we heard for days, maybe it was Dominion, maybe it was this. Now we're hearing the New York Times says today, no, no, no. He sent very offensive messages to coworkers and people at Fox News. So 
What do you think, Bill? What really happened to Tucker Carlson? Well, I'm not going to speculate, but I will tell you what happened. So the WABC listeners can take this to the bank. First of all, if you read anything in the New York Times about Fox News, you know it's a leak. So that means that someone in the Fox management called them and told them whatever they Fox News management person wanted to put in the paper. Okay, It's not like the New York Times found out anything. They don't know anything. They depend on leaks. Same thing with the Los Angeles Times. A guy named Stephen Battaglio out there. Um, he has, um, let's just put it this way, a relationship with people inside Fox. So I know when I see the articles on the various news platforms, I know exactly what's happening. So um, Tucker Carlson was pretty much his own editor, which means that the, no one had control over what he said. So when I was at Fox doing a factor, I would write every word. I always did, but it would go into a computer, and anybody in the building could see it before I went on the air. Oh, wait, 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 wait. You're going to tell me somebody vetoed what you were going to say, and you no, listened? No, I was, that, I was just following up. Yeah. Nobody ever vetoed. <laughs> right. And I can remember maybe five times in 20 years when – an executive would walk into my office and go, do you, do you really want to do this? And sometimes I would reconsider, actually. Mm. I would listen. That didn't happen with uh, Tucker. Tucker did what he wanted to do. Okay? He said what he wanted to say, and they didn't have any control over him. He wasn't in New York. He was broadcasting out of Florida and Maine. And he was doing what he wanted to do. And in the process of that, he had a spy in his organization. Because he had to do his work on the phone with the staff. I have to do my work on the phone. In fact, after I get off Sid and Friends, um, the no-spin <laughs> friends come on my line, Bye. and we set the line up for tonight. That's how it works. So he had a spy, and the spy was taping everything that, that he said and everybody else said on his show. Now, I'll let your listeners make up their minds about the ethics of that. But I will tell you that every broadcaster now knows anything that you say, assume someone will tape it. 100%. 100%. And they're taping it for yep. money. Yep. That's what they're taping it for. Yep. So anyway, that's why he got um, dismissed, because the tapes apparently have some pretty rough stuff on them. Yeah, yes. All right, so what, then you would say to yourself, well, well, you know, you can ride that out. You can't ride it out if there's a lawsuit, and there is. The person who taped Carlson and his staff has filed two lawsuits in Manhattan. So those tapes in discovery would be out. Right. But do you think if those two tapes were the only thing? 90 tapes. 90 tapes. If those 90 tapes were the only thing Tucker had to deal with, would he still be there? In other words, don't you think it was somewhat cumulative when you add up the fact that Fox just lost $800 billion because of Dominion, and now you've got these two tapes? Don't you think adding all those things up lent to his demise, or you think it was just about these 90 tapes? No, no, no. It was a cumulative effect, but the Dominion lawsuit is in the past. And he didn't 
you know, if you want to be fair to Carlson, and no one does but me and maybe you, all right, he didn't have a lot to do with that uh, election stuff in the sense that he wasn't playing a double game other than Trump. All right, so he said bad things about Trump, and then he didn't say bad things on the air with Trump. But I don't even want to get into that because the the judgment uh, that Fox News settled, that was in the past. But now there are more lawsuits coming, and they're never going to end. So you saw Ray Epps on 60 Minutes last Sunday basically telling the world that Darko Carlson ruined he and his family's lives. Well, what do you think he did that for? <laughs> you know, what do you think that is? Yep. So that's coming down the pike. You got this lawsuit already filed in Manhattan. If those tapes ever get out, you'd have 30 other lawsuits. You see what I mean? No, I do. No, it's a mess. So, so yeah. they sat down, they being the management, and said, is this worth it? Um, you know, and look, there's no more Tammy Wynette. Stand by your man in the no. media. No. If you become a problem, you're overboard. That's They're it. They're just going to throw you. They don't care how what you did for them, how loyal Listen, or not working. I, I, and, and I was, you're not even going to get a chance to defend yourself. I was there that. for the first one. I mean, before you, before Tucker Carlson, the amount of money that Don Imus made for CBS in radio and NBC in television for that time, Bill, was overwhelming. It was astounding. He was gone in five days, right? One New York Times column, one Media Matters column, five days. Mr. Moneybags, for decades, was out of a job. And it's worse now. It's worse now because the ratings for cable and network news are plummeting on television. And they have been for the last six months. And so the, the calculations, here's the calculation. We're done. We're the Kansas City Royals, okay? <laughs> it's over. The glory days are over, with apologies to Bruce Springsteen, okay? <laughs> and so we got to make as much money now as we can, and if we have 12 lawsuits, which will never end, by the way, and every day the hate Fox Press will just blow this stuff up. We got to get rid of it. Yeah, no, and makes that's sense. What? Yep. There it is. Happened. All right, listen. Sixty more seconds. You mentioned Trump a couple of times. Lara was on with me last hour. The president himself, Donald, will join me next week. But I saw this Emerson poll this morning. This is just a primary against other Republicans. Mike Pence seven percent. Ron DeSantis sixteen percent. Donald Trump. 62%. <laughs> no wonder he doesn't want to debate. I mean, he yeah, is. I mean, he's killing not a reliable poll, Emerson, by the way. It's not. Uh, no. And But he's way ahead now, and it's primarily because independent Americans or independent Republicans, let's put it that way, they know what this brag thing and what this current thing is in New York. Everybody knows what this is, all right? And so they're going – you know, I may not like him, but I'll be damned if I'm going to not do anything about this, so I'm going to support him. And it's a short-term play, but I would be surprised if DeSantis could overtake him in the primaries. They're coming up fast. Trump says he's not going to debate. I don't think that's smart. I think he should go on in Agreed. and do it. Me too. Um, but if he's up that much, then 
He doesn't have to do it. Well, let me ask you this before we break. Ron DeSantis, I know the Emerson poll is not uh, good, but he's down 46 points. Other polls, some maybe you think that are good, he's down as much as 30 points. Is there any chance? I know he's raising money. He's got pack commercials out there. Is there any chance that he doesn't decide to run because there really is no clear path to victory? The only chance is if Trump offers him the VP slot. How does he do that? They both live in Florida. So where did Hillary Clinton live? In Arkansas. She moves to New York, and right. then she's a senator. All he got to get in his little Volkswagen, drive to Georgia, get an apartment. <laughs> You're right. That's all it takes, right? That's it. Tallahassee to Georgia, it's about an hour and ten minutes. <laughs> True. That's all you got? Because I was thinking maybe Trump would come back to Fifth Avenue, but he'll no, never. No, no, no. That's <laughs> yeah. not happening. That ain't going to happen here. Maybe for Halloween. <laughs> right. But that's it. Bill, you're the absolute best. I love you. And by the way, thank you very much for my birthday present, which really was a present for the Spotlight Foundation for Dyspraxia and DCD. Danielle loves you. Gabriel loves you. Ava loves you. I love you. Thank you for another great conversation. We'll do it again next week, buddy. Good luck to your Islanders. Thanks for having me in, Sid. All right, Bill. Cheers. Take care. The great Bill O'Reilly, Thursdays at 840. Biggest ratings segment of the week. Anywhere on this station. Bo Deedle, Bruce Blakeman, maybe Vivek Rosmani, the game, all that good stuff. A very exciting fourth hour. Still to come your way. Sitting friends in the morning on a Thursday. in the morning 77 WABC You know the show before the show with Bo Needle is always great Bo is a hero cop better part of two decades distinguished himself as one of the greatest cops in the history of this city Tremendous actor, just great. Hopefully you saw him in Blue Bloods last Friday. He was incredible. But Wolf of Wall Street, The Irishman, Goodfellas, Godfather of Harlem, Gravesend, all that, and a dear friend of mine. So we we have uh, usually about a three- or four-minute discussion before he comes on on Thursdays. He's on 740 every Tuesday by phone and 905 every Thursday sitting with me looking handsome and smelling great right now. And I brought up Eric Adams, who was supposed to join me tomorrow. And um, because I know he's friends with Eric like I am. And um doesn't sound like you guys are that close uh, these days, huh? Well, you know what? I text him. He texts me back. Yeah. And uh, you know what? All I got to say is uh, some people should not forget who was there. When he was a state senator and I raised his first 50 large at One Penn Plaza, I've been there for him. I, tr- I still pray and I'm still supportive of him because, being honest with you, he is the mayor. And if he realizes what he does, and like you said, he's trying to be the president, and I, I have no qualms with that. But you got to fix this friggin' city first, and you got to name the name. There's one guy that's bringing all these ukuleles across the border into our city, and that's Biden. So let's start naming it as is. Find your ball bag, uh, my friend Eric, wow. and start naming the friggin' president for sending these illegal I immigrants into our city. I love Show it. some girt. 
you know, you, the word you used there was loyalty. What? So you feel like he's not that loyal because well, that was just him. a loyal statement for him. Oh, I know. But, but you know, Donald Trump talks about loyalty with Ron DeSantis, too. Yeah, okay. Very nice. It's like me having a student, like one of my surveillance guys, like Sean Hannity, uh, Sean Hannity, Sean Lanigan, one of my surveillance guys, came from college, my best surveillance guy in the world. If he went out on his own and opened his own company, I'd feel hurt. But you know what I'd say? He was my best surveillance guy. And that's the way it is. John Cutter worked with me. And, you know, he left me. He opened his own. God bless him. He was very good at what he did. And I really support people that do well. That's where Trump goes wrong. His narcissism kicks in. And don't be mistaken by all these bullcrap polls. Let me give you the main poll. Because uh-huh. all the Republican Kool-Aid drinking Trumpers that about 35% are not the only ones that vote for president. Why don't you look at the other poll where if Trump runs head-to-head. If he runs head-to-head with Biden, the oh, dead brain president, Trump, 219 electoral vo- votes. You do not win with that. Biden, 319 electoral votes. What do those numbers mean? Now, here's the biggie, Mr. Sid. And here, why don't you listen up, Mr. Sid, you Trump sucker. Listen to me. (laughs) If Biden runs against DeSantis, DeSantis beats Biden. So what the hell are we talking about right now? Because you keep missing that. Hold on. DeSantis can't run against Biden because DeSantis would have to beat Trump first. And he's going to get annihilated by Trump. Hold on a second. He hasn't even announced and he beats Biden. Don't you understand? You have independents. You have conservative Democrats. You have Republicans there. Let's let's see. Why don't you want to debate him, uh, Donald? Donald, you're the best. You're the most articulate guy in the world. Debate him if you find your ball bags. All of a sudden you want to be a coronation? No. I love you, Don. But you want to know something? Show your ball bag. All right? You should not be so... You know what? When you told me to my face... Oh, Senator McCain, uh, I do what I want to do. You should have apologized to his family. You should have given him the Medal of Freedom, Trump. You know he doubled down yesterday on John McCain again? Right, well, right. That just shows you the (laughs) nonsense. And that's why I dislike him. His policies were the greatest in the world. And his student, DeSantis, will take those policies. And uh, I'm going to tell Ron DeSantis, because I know he listens. Stop with the abortion crap. It's a state thing. Get away from it. Give the woman her rights, whatever she wants to do. Get away from it. That's what lost our midterm election. Agreed. When his morons in the uh, in the uh, state uh, Supreme Court came with that thing. Hey, great news. This this piece of garbage. Bronx Supreme Court, Natalie Simjohn, <laughs> yes. the one with the wig on her head yeah, there, right? I know she is. Now they kicked her out. <laughs> they kicked her out of criminal court for Vindicat. Now she's in civil court. She's a piece of garbage. <laughs> All right, let's get to some real important things. Right. I talk about Susan Rice, right? And you don't get it. Everybody, oh, he's getting rid of the cost of the border. Who was in charge of the border? Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris. Yeah. Why did he get rid of that cackling fool? Because she's black. Oh, and right. And you're going <laughs> to keep her. Just imagine, we got brain-dead President Biden walking around, crashing into walls, walking into fields, yeah. and he's going to take the pipe. If he gets elected, that means we're going to get this nut in there. So, people, remember one thing. If you vote for Biden, you know who you're going to get? That friggin' dumb hyena. 
the one that was given oral service to the uh, to the mayor. What was his name? San Francisco. Happy Daddy. What mayor, was his name? Mayor Brown. Yeah. What was his nickname? Happy Brown. Well, what was I, I his name? Know. Happy. Yeah. She was doing oral <laughs> sex. That's yeah. how she worked her way up the hey, old, up the shaft. Girl's got to do what she's got to do. All right. Now let's get to some important stuff. <laughs> okay. All right. Listen. That wasn't important. Yeah. But really, really, <laughs> really, really. really. Listen. Yeah. What we just learned. My friends from Saudi Arabia, and I've been to Saudi Arabia two dozen times. No, when you times. say your friends from yeah. Saudi Arabia, <laughs> you yeah. don't mean that. Okay, right, right. No, no, no. I have some friends of Saudi Arabians, and I have a lot of respect for a lot of people over there. My point is this. Right now, they're now developing refineries with China. Yes. Because you know why? Because of Biden and because the weakness of this country that he's caused. That's why they're running away. They're running away. My friends from Kuwait, they're running away. Are they your friends, too? Everybody's my friend. <laughs> my point is this. You could see how we're looking around the world, and it just continues. Well, let me ask you. You're right. So far, I, yeah. have to, I have to be honest. Yeah. Everything you've said so far today yeah. is right. Yeah. Even some of your Trump criticism. Yeah. I'm, I'm being honest. So the question becomes, if DeSantis doesn't beat Trump. Yeah. And it is Biden versus Trump. Yeah. What do you do? What if you can't win? Shit. Shit, what do we do? We gotta, if you're no, in a no, race, listen, listen, right, listen. I'm in a race against no, no, your wife. I, whether you can't win or not is not the question. If Trump is the nominee, he's the nominee. He's up against Biden. Will you vote for Trump? Absolutely. Okay. But my problem is everyone is not like us. There's a hate factor against Donald. I and know. if you want to deny it and you want to keep drinking Trump Kool-Aid, no, this it. is across the board where I have Republicans, where I have independents, where I have the conservative Democrats. I need someone to beat Biden. And if Trump could beat him, I would be cheering for him. But the polls and are bullcrap because these polls are all with him running right now. Let's okay. be real. Yeah. Sid, yeah. if I knew Donald Trump right now can beat Biden, I'd be cheering from my seat. And you know what? Nobody wants to so, tell so, him. So you're telling me, yeah. Bo Deedle, yeah, very honest man, yeah. very loyal honest yes. man, that uh, the last couple of months yes. when you've clearly gone sideways yeah. on Trump, yeah. you're going to look me in the face and say to me, your son, you can be closer than you and yes. I, you're going to say to me, there's nothing personal here. No, there's nothing personal. Okay, so you just really I just, believe I just Trump can't you, win. I just told you about the McCain thing. That, to me, hurt me very big. It was horrible. McCain was a true American hero. Couldn't and agree you know more. what I wanted Trump to do? Give his family the Medal of Freedom and say, you know what? I was wrong. He can't back off. He can't say he's wrong. <laughs> and you want to know something? I don't like narcissists. Why doesn't he get on the camera, Trump, and say, you know, I was the president. I said and did a lot of wrong things, but now I understand what I did wrong. I want to bring this country back. I want to make America great. <laughs> and I'm sorry to people that I hurt. Please bank on me. I want to bring us back. You won't get it out of them because narcissists can't do that. You get it? <laughs> I get right, it. Now, yes. let's look at Mrs. Ugly. Oh, I Mrs. hate her. Mrs. Ugly. Hate her. What is her name? Randy Weingarten. Randy Weingarten. All of a sudden, my friend, my friend, the former guy who's running for president of the United States, the secretary of state, said that Randy Weingarten is the most dangerous thing in America. This who said that? Mike Pompeo? Mike Pompeo. He's not running for president, well, but okay. Okay, Mike yeah. Pompeo said it with her CRT, with what she did, putting that other dickhead over there in <laughs> Chicago as the mayor, this this left-wing piece of garbage. Johnson. And then all of a sudden shutting down our schools that she was giving oral sex to Fauci. What? She was doing oral sex with Fauci. Is this Didn't true? you know they met? Didn't you know they met during the pandemic? No. It's in the papers. It's in the post. They were having 
oral sex together. Oh, come well, on. Well, maybe not oral sex, but they were together. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, This is yeah. like Marsha Clark and Chris Darden. You know what I'd love? I'd love if she would sue me. I'd depose her, and I'd put Fauci on there. Did you have oral sex with her or not? <laughs> My point is, this wine garden, this piece of garbage, ugly, ugly woman, she controls our schools. She controls the unions. Yes. They brought that union out in Chicago to elect this other freehold, this piece of garbage over there. Her and Michael Mulgrew. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now let's 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 talk about something very important. <laughs> okay. The House of Representatives. Yeah. We control it now. How much longer do you think we're gonna control it? I got a problem because right now they're coming and they're coming strong. Now that we elected these uh, these Supreme Court judges, the Court of Appeals, they're all liberals. They're going to re- gerrymander, they're going to redesign it. Yes. And those four seats that we got, including that lying dickhead out of Long Island, we're going to lose them. And you know what's going to happen? All the things that are developing, all these great investigations in Congress are going to go, bye-bye, and that's what's going to happen. My point is, if we don't band together and continue to keep that Congress They'll start these investigations. We know how guilty Biden's son is and all these investigations with the FBI, with uh, with the uh, attorney general and all that. They'll shut them down. Right now, they had something that was finally passed, uh, the protection of women and girls, 219 to 303. It's always party lines. This means if you're not generically, if you don't have a shaft, you can't compete against girls and women. Good. My point is I agree with that. Of course. Because it's a shame when you have a little girl that's swimming eight hours a day, becoming a champion, and then some guy with a 12-inch Shana, Shana <laughs> Kangi on between his legs comes here and outswims the little girl. I have a problem with that. Okay. That's for that. Now, well, the bad news is, while that did pass in the House, it's got 0% of passing in a, 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 a Democrat Congress. You know that. In Senate. Yeah. Well, Senate, I should say. Well, and then we comes out. Then we comes out that the uh, that this former CIA, well, he's the Mike Morell. He's a acting CIA director. He was meeting with who else? Who do you think he was meeting with? Shit. Uh, Come on. Um, uh, I don't know, Bo. Blinken. No. Blinken was on. Not the Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken. And he was running around. And then he's forgazing CIA intelligence. There ain't one amount of intelligence there. How do you sign on a letter when you have no information in front of you? 51 morons just jumped on the bandwagon. None of them had any information. But yet they were willing to take Trump down. And that letter, that letter was the catalyst for Trump to lose. Because people believe that. Because, oh, I'm the former CIA director. CIA, CIA. You're a bunch of phonies. That's what you are. <laughs> Little punks. You walk around. Oh, I'm with the CIA. Why don't you get in a fist fight, you punk? You're pretty good from behind the desk. All you CIA guys. You know you do? I think you masturbate and you look in the mirror. That's what you do. The real, the real people out there are my combat veterans. The guys who face the gunfire. These CIA punks, well, all they do is sit behind desks and they give their opinions. And you know what? What happened to my 65 CIA guys in China? They disappeared. The dead. They, they, oh, yeah. They ain't eating rice anymore. They're gone. The dead. And this is right. what's happened. But this was very important <laughs> to understand. You know, when well, you t- this is a great segment. I have to stop you for one second oh, before you kill over and me. die. Don't stop me. You're please. on a roll. This is a great segment. No. Keep going. Come on, Bob. Okay, Keep listen. Coming. Attorney General. Merrick Garland. What I buy you, Under oath, he lied. Now we got that whistleblower. We, we ain't hearing much about that whistleblower. The that whistleblower, whistleblower. Yeah. will now knock him out and show. When you testified before United States Congress subcommittees and you lie, that's perjury. <laughs> they should 
put cuffs on Merrick Allen, that little punk, and hang him from a rooftop. He now has been using the FBI, using the Justice Department for political gain. And that's one thing why I do support Trump in that respect. In what respect? In the respect that they're using our federal government yes, the for politically advances right, and they all they weaponize that. the DOJ. And, and, and He's was, always said that, Donald. And yeah. it's that's so true. And if we lose Congress, all these investigations are going to go bye-bye. Yeah. And I want to put... And you're right about the... Uh, now, George Santos, uh, which we'll yeah. talk to Bruce Blakeman coming up next, but good, good men. Mark Molinaro. Yeah. He could be in big trouble. Yeah. Anthony D'Esposito. We, we lose four Mike seats. Lawler we're in Rockland County. Gun, right. We're gone. Yeah. We're gone. And, yeah. and, and, and this, check this out. What the hell is this thing? I don't know what that is. That's the thing with the beer. Oh, the, the that's guy, uh, the guy with the shaft. Yes, all of a sudden, a Dylan Mulvaney. Yeah, and all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah. it's in a it's in a bubble bath drinking a beer. <laughs> I don't want to see this. I don't want to see a guy with a shaft folded between his legs in a bubble bath with a beer. That's why you're. Who is that? Who? What beer company is that? That would be in Bud Light. Yes. Bud Light. Yes. That's why your sales yes. are going down because <laughs> yes. people don't want to drink the beer because they're looking at this transformer, transformer, vestite. What is it called? I don't even know anymore. I'm 72 years old. I don't even know what to call these things anymore. Do you know? I, I, I don't know. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> but I can tell you this. To your point, I had your good buddy Charlie Gasparino on a couple of days <sighs> ago. Anheuser-Busch is taking a beating, and two of their top marketing guys <sighs> have since left the firm because this Dylan Mulvaney, it ain't working, Did you see the pictures in, uh, did you see the pictures in the paper with tar- Target at San Francisco? <laughs> I Everything's under a lock and key. You got drugs changed here in New York City. I'm moving out. Crime is prevailing all over the place. This is a bad You're leaving? Time. I'm not leaving anywhere. You I mean, said you're moving out. You're going to Florida. Stuff. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Look at this one. This yeah. one here. This is the gal that was sucking on the head of NBC. Then it comes out. She has an 82-year-old other guy, <laughs> a real billionaire guy. He was sucking her on at the same time. But now all of a sudden, she didn't get what she wants. Now she's suing <laughs> the CEO of NBC while she was sucking on this other old guy. Yeah. Give me a break. You're an adult woman, consensual. You want to suck on all these old guys. You know what? And then you don't want to play anymore? Get out of here, please. <laughs> Check this out. The guy's 82 years I old. Know. The other one. And then the poor, the poor CEO of NBC was just trying to get a little side piece. Guess what? Bye-bye, dickhead. Yep. You can't do it anymore. No. So, nope. yo, why don't you learn? They went after my friend Roger Ailes. They chopped that poor man up. And you want to know something? He was the greatest person that developed the news organization. And half of that crap was lies. They didn't get their show. That Gretchen Char Carlson, she didn't get her two-flock <laughs> show. Then, oh, Finzies, he says I have nice legs. Oh, he says I, I look good in a bathing suit. Shut up! All right, Gretchen, shut up already. Oh, my God. I, I just, I, you know oh what? Oh, my Jim, God. I thank God one thing. You brought my good memories. Now, uh, Tucker becomes the second Carlson to get fired by Fox News. I'm going to tell you something really honestly. I enjoy doing this show, and I love John Katsimatidis, because this is the only show that I really, if I couldn't do anything, I want to come on your show, Sid. Thank you. Because I'm able to speak the way I am without have to worry about some political correctness oh, crap. Yeah. Oh, I know. And you want to know some? John stands by us, and John and Margot are America's free radio here. Great. And you've got to stand and keep on going, Sid. Thank you. Because you're the only voice right now, imagine us on Fox News, they would take <laughs> us out in handcuffs.
But, uh, you know, in No, you're right, though. I mean, I see you on, on uh, Newsmax and stuff. Yeah, you're I great. Gotta be you're nice. great. You're yeah, great. But, I gotta be but nice. here you're much better, right? Exactly. But, but you you're know great. It's, it's just at a point right now. It's at a point right now where we're at a really bad crossroads. And if this election, and we don't win this election coming up. Oh, we're in trouble. We're, we're gone. Totally agree. Look, look at the inflation. Look at the gas prices. Look look at the educational factor. Look at our kids. We want to just send our kids to school. I don't want my kids <laughs> knowing about how penises go at five years old, six years old. Oh, you got a penis. I got a vagina. Oh, I want to get one of those, too. Shut up already, you liberal son of a gun. Leave my schools alone. Stay out of my schools. And let parents teach their children what they want to teach them. I'll be damned if I let them teach my kids. Get away from my kids. Get out of here now. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. On a warm summer's evening, on a train bound for nowhere, I met up with a gambler. We were both too tired to sleep, so we took turns of staring out the window at the darkness. The boredom overtook us, and he began to speak. He said, son, I've made a life. The gambler, Kenny Rogers, which makes sense, conversation I'm about to have with Nassau County Executive, my dear friend Bruce Blakeman. Rob Napolitano sent me this. Chris Cuomo and I were fighting again two nights ago. Cuomo's ratings, it's 156,000 viewers at 8 p.m. That same night, when he got 156,000 Brian Kilmeade got 1.7 million, and Kilmeade was down 1.4 million from the 3.1 that Tucker gets. In other words, Chris Cuomo sucks ass. Anyway, my next guest is, in fact, the Nassau County executive, one of my favorite New York politicians, the great Bruce Blakeman. Bruce, how's Nassau County these days, pal? Everything's going great, Sid. You know, we had a major announcement yesterday. I, I enjoyed your uh, Kenny Rogers song. <laughs> I think that it's a good gamble for Nassau County to bet on Las Vegas Sands. It sounds like a great bet. I mean, from what I know about this, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, $75 million before you even put a shovel in the ground. Then, of course, we know, Bruce, that between dealers and pit bosses, and there's just a, a plethora of jobs that a casino creates. So to me, it sounds like a no-brainer, but I'm sure that Hempstead and other little towns, they're going to make it easy on you. Well, I'll tell you, we had at our announcement yesterday 300 supporters, business leaders, presidents of chambers of commerce. Uh, We had uh, a a lot of union workers that were there, a lot of people that are craving jobs, and economic opportunity. And you know how many people were protesting outside, Sid? Four people. Four, yeah. So, you know, this was uh, this was too good to turn down. I'm not a gambler. I was attracted to this project because of the ultra-luxury hotel, the world-class spa, the entertainment center, the restaurants that are going to come in there, the excitement of the area. And, yes, about 10% of the site will be a casino, but we need that bank to fund all those other great things that are going to happen there. So uh, we're really excited about it. It's a great win for the taxpayers in Nassau County because there will be a large 
revenue stream to the county and the town of Hempstead and community benefits to the surrounding communities of the village of Hempstead, Uniondale, East Meadow, and Garden City. So we, wow. we feel that it's a win-win. So then uh, just uh, to kind of wrap it up in a little bow, the casino conversation, what exactly, Bruce, specifically has to happen to make sure Vegas Sands is, in fact, in Nassau County? Well, we think it's the best site. There'll be a lot of competition for the three licenses that are being issued by the state. Obviously, the county legislature is going to have to approve this lease, so that's a hurdle. Uh, But we feel confident that they will do that. The town of Hempstead will have to change the zoning. Uh, We're pretty confident about that as well. And uh, basically, they'll have to make an application, that's the SANS, that is, to uh, the state licensing board. And uh, there'll be a lot of competition, but we feel we've got the best site. Uh, We've got a county of 1.4 million people. The region has 10 million people. We are 30 minutes from LaGuardia Airport, 30 minutes from Kennedy Airport. We are one of the most prosperous counties uh, in the United States. We're the safest county in the United States. Uh, This is a great project, and I wouldn't put this forward if it didn't check all the boxes for the taxpayers in Nassau County. What are the other sites? Uh, Is it Brooklyn? Is it New York City? What are some of the other places, Staten Island, I don't know, some of the places they're considering putting this casino? Uh, City Field, uh, Times Square, Hudson Yards, and Coney Island are four that I've heard of. Right, okay. All right, there you have it. Bruce Blakeman, Nassau County Executive, Vegas Sands could very well end up. And uh, it would be the Nassau Coliseum, that area, Uniondale? Yes, yes. It'll be right in the center of the county, and it'll be a great opportunity for everybody. I love it. Uh, Let's get to this uh, housing uh, abortion, which, thank God, is now dead on arrival. But that didn't stop the governor, Kathy Hochul, from at the very least trying, and I mean trying very hard. So I've got friends in Nassau County uh, one being uh, Anthony Capitola's daughter, who uh, Michelle Johnson, she's on the uh, the board there in Seaford Oyster Bay, and she's out there yelling and screaming, and she's right to keep these housing away from these uh, more influential and fancier communities. So that's dead on arrival. That's great news. Yes, Bruce? Yeah, Joe Saladino and Michelle Johnson, they're great public officials over in Oyster Bay. Uh, we work very well together. It's, it seems that it's going to be dead. Uh, Listen, I had some very good conversations with the governor where we sat down and we talked very frankly. And I pointed out to her that Nassau County is already the most densely populated suburban county in the United States, and we're surrounded by water. I I indicated to her that we've already had our growth and that there were other places in the state for growth and that the control over zoning should remain with local government. So um, hopefully – A compromise has been made up in Albany where incentives will be offered instead of mandates and uh, that they realize that we want additional housing on Nassau County, but not to the extent uh, that the governor proposed because we just don't have the room or the infrastructure and it would create uh, environmental concerns and, and water concerns. You know, yesterday I went down by my apartment where I'm staying now, at least temporarily in Battery Park. And I went to the NYPD memorial service. Bruce, they unveiled 77 more names for that wall down by the water in Battery Park. And you may remember Brian Simonson. He was gunned down in an AT&T store. His wife was there and many others. And had a chance to see uh, Commissioner Sewell. And uh, she actually was really nice. She leaned over, gave me a big kiss. Couldn't have been nicer. 
And I like her. But when you talk about Nassau County being the safest of all these places, how much credit do you give to your commissioner, Pat Ryder? Well, I give a lot of credit to Pat Ryder. Uh, He's a very hardworking commissioner. He's very knowledgeable. And what I like about Pat is there's no job too small or too big for him. And by the way, I should you know, remind you that Commissioner Sewell comes from our job. She was chief of detectives in Nassau County when she was chosen yep. as the NYPD commissioner. And I will tell you one thing about her. I speak to cops all the time. Every cop in Nassau County I spoke to said she's a cop's cop. So I'm just hoping uh, Mayor Adams lets her do her job. And if she, she's given that opportunity, she'll do a great job for Mayor Adams in New York City. You know, I hear that all the time. I hope that Mayor Adams, who's set to join me tomorrow, lets her do her job. Folks complain that she's MIA, but it's not her fault. They blame it on the mayor. They talk about banks, really the guy that kind of runs that. What do you mean specifically by Adams letting her do her job? Well, it's not criticism of Mayor Adams, but there are political pressures in New York City, quite frankly, that we don't have here in Nassau County. Nassau County is a much more conservative community than New York City, and there are people that are on the lunatic fringe of the left who don't want Commissioner Sewell to do her job, and they're doing everything they can to frustrate her. And I think that Mayor Adams picked her because she does have the expertise, the knowledge, the experience, and the courage, quite frankly, to do the right thing. So I'm less concerned about Mayor Adams than I am about other elected officials in New York City, who are on the lunatic fringe. Fair enough. This is Nassau County Executive, my friend Bruce Blakeman, a casino in Nassau County. Uh, that may be the case, talking uh, moments ago here, too, about how safe Nassau County, uh, County is, Pat Ryder, the housing issue as well. I want to move over to George Santos. He announced last week that he's uh, running again. You know, it wasn't that long ago that I saw you, Bruce, and Joe Cairo, and my friend Peter King, who's at Long Island Jewish as we speak, recovering, and all these, Anthony D'Esposito, all you very powerful Nassau County political leaders out there yelling and screaming, Santos has to go. Well, he ain't gone, and he's talking about running again. What is going on with George Santos? Well, if the House of Representatives don't get rid of George Santos, we will. Uh, George Santos is a stain on the House of Representatives, and uh, our chairman, Joe Cairo, has said that under no circumstance would we support him in his reelection bid and that we will defeat him. He will not be the Republican nominee for Congress uh, next year, and I'm very, very confident of that. I, I can tell you, Sid, you got a better chance winning the lottery than George <laughs> Santos has uh, getting the Republican nomination. Are you guys actively uh, in search of or, or together, working together, looking for folks that you know can beat them? Yeah, we have a long line of really, really competent people, uh, very accomplished people that have expressed an interest in running. And uh, I think the Republican Party uh, and the conservative party working together will field a really, really strong candidate and that will hold that seat once we get rid of George Santos. You know, finally, on the way out, Bruce, you look at all these cases with Donald Trump in New York with this racist uh, loser, this uh, Alvin Bragg, and uh, no better. The Attorney General Letitia James, basically the same thing. And you look in your county at your leaders, you know, Ann Donnelly, for example, what that huge, huge victory thank God, over Todd Kaminsky, which saved Nassau County and saved Long Island and saved the state, completely different than what we see in New York City, yes? 
Well, with Annie Donnelly, we have a true law enforcement professional. She's terrific. She does her job. She's very serious about keeping the county safe. And Alvin Bragg is just somebody who uh, does not have respect for law enforcement, does not have respect for the communities in Manhattan. And I think he's done a miserable job. And I wish Kathy Hochul would remove him. I don't think that's going to happen. But uh, he doesn't do his job. And now he's on uh, this witch hunt against President Trump that uh, everybody I know on both sides of the aisle that knows anything about the law says is completely ridiculous. And, uh, you know, look, if that's how he wants to waste his time and waste the taxpayers' money, uh, that's fine. But it's not – it's not a good look for Manhattan, that's for sure. Bruce Blakeman, are you a Ron DeSantis guy or a Donald Trump guy? I like both of them. I want to see how things play out. I think Trump did a good job as president. Uh, I think DeSantis is doing a terrific job in Florida. It's just a question. When we get together, we, we work as a team in Nassau County. We'll get together with our chairman, Joe Cairo, and the members of our committee, and we'll debate it, discuss it, and we'll come to a decision, and we'll all agree. And uh, hopefully we'll be unanimous in that uh, in that endorsement. Well, listen, I wish you the best of luck with the casino. I think it's a great idea. I really do. Uh, I think casinos are great. You know, they talk about the, the, the type of people that come in. I got news for you. Most of these neighborhoods, before they come in, you know, you look at a place like Atlantic City, for example, the actual city was a complete mess. And the casinos at least makes it a little better. And the ton of jobs. And I think that's kind of an outdated look at things. Well, it brings in a bad element. That's not really true. It's really not. So I hope you get this that's from done. 30 years ago. That's from 30 right. years ago. Listen, most people that go to casinos, um, they're, they're senior citizens. Right. Law-abiding citizens. Right. And it may be sad for some people. And there is a gambling you know, the, the problem with gambling, there are some of those issues. I get all that. Arnie Wexler can't stand it. But the truth is it creates jobs. It does improve the community. And if you get a beautiful hotel and a spa out of it, it really becomes a great resort destination. So best of luck, Bruce Blakeman. You know what I think about you. I think you're great. Thanks for hopping on this morning. We'll talk again very soon. Thanks so much, Sid. And Pete King, feel better. <laughs> okay. Pete King is uh, mending as we speak. Oi, this is sit in friends in the morning. Friends, how many of us have them? 77 WABC. You're looking live at Kansas City, Missouri. We're coming up in about 10 minutes. The Carolina Panthers are on the clock. Welcome, folks. This is the 2023 NFL Draft. Hello, everybody. I'm another douchebag who works at ESPN who knows nothing about football. Well, uh, been a great show today. Justin Brandon was really good at uh, 7 o'clock. Larry Trump, Judge Napolitano, Noam Bill O'Reilly, Bo Deedle, and, of course, uh, moments ago, Bruce Blakeman. We'll do some sports now with Mike DeDino. Mike's in charge of sports here at WABC, he runs the, uh, the website. And uh, what is the specific uh, website? WABCSportsRadio.com. I have to say your uh, impersonation was pretty damn good. Not bad? Very impressive. <laughs> now, what do you have? You got beef with the douchebags at ESPN? Oh, please, come on. Um, I have beef with all of it. it it's, it's, the draft is the worst 
couple of hours of television in the history of television. They all say the same thing. I've been watching it for 30 years. That guy's got a great motor. That guy's got great beat. That guy, whether they pick number one or 201, they use the same adjectives to describe every player, whether it's Mel Kuyper or McShay, any one of these guys. It's Bucky Brooks. It's all the same nonsense, all of it. I actually agree. It's funny enough you say that. I was talking about that recently with my dad, and like it'll be like the third or fourth round in Mel Kuyper. Oh, I love it. Mel, you don't know nothing about this guy. <laughs> You don't know not. if this guy's going to be good. Right. But he's got Odds a great motor. 75% of the guys, maybe more, are going to bust. And every single guy, oh, I love this guy. Right. They all do it's the tiring. same thing. Well, let's get to the uh, the top pick, though. It is the Carolina Panthers. Uh, years ago, they they, uh, they draft anybody. They got Sam Donald from the Jets. Last year, they got the kid from uh, Texas, from the Cleveland Browns. What's his name? Um, he Baker went to the Rams. Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. South Oklahoma. Right. But they really haven't had a good quarterback, I guess, since they drafted Cam Newton. Who got they to took a Cam Super Bowl. Newton. That was about 12 years ago. They got point. to the Super Bowl. They did get to the Super Bowl. They got yeah. blanked in the Super Bowl, They too. did. They did. Uh, so it looks like the kid from Alabama. Bryce Young's going number one. Now, there is some buzz about Will Levis, the Kentucky quarterback, going one of late. Funny enough, a Reddit post went viral yesterday, and um, Levis' odds were 40 to 1. Yeah, two days ago to go number one, and now they're six to one. But wait a second. I thought that um, that it was Young one, and the kid out of Ohio State, C.J. Stroud, was the second well, best the quarterback. Well, the Texans, so let's assume Bryce Young goes one. I think that's Carolina. the consensus at that yeah. point. Two is where the draft starts. I'm hearing that the Texans, from everybody that I've talked to, everybody that I've listened to, everyone thing that I've read, the Texans are the wild card. They don't. Nobody knows if they're going to go quarterback or if they're going to go defensive end. Now, wow. if they do go quarterback, I don't think it's going to be C.J. Stroud. I think nope. it's going to be Will Levis from really? Kentucky. Wow. I think Supposedly, it's be Stroud. Stroud could be the guy that falls in this year's draft okay. because the two teams in the top five that need quarterbacks outside of Carolina are the Colts and the Texans, and reportedly they both don't love Stroud. Where is uh, Indianapolis' pick? Are they three? They're five. Five. So you could potentially – sorry, they're four. Seattle's five. You could potentially see a blockbuster trade when a team – the Cardinals have the third pick. They won't be taking quarterback. You could see a team – Trade up to three to jump India to get a quarterback if Stroud or Levis falls. So. All right, good one. Mike DeDino, of course, runs the sports here WABC Radio Sports. Uh, I want to get to the local teams. The Jets had the 13 pick, but now that's down just two picks to the 15 pick because of the Aaron Rodgers trade. So Rodgers is now the Jet quarterback. The better number eight in the building, as was put earlier by, uh, was that Nolan? Somebody said that. Nolan. Yeah, ahead of Daniel Jones. Uh, Jets are talking about. Big offensive lineman. What are you hearing? Well, it's going to come down to, and it's very simple, whatever Aaron Rodgers wants him to take, <laughs> yeah. he's going to take. But it's see, based on what I'm seeing, it seems like it's going to be an offensive tackle. Yeah. Paris Johnson from Ohio State, Broderick Jones from Georgia. I think those are the two players that the Jets have high on their board right now. Now, yeah. if you look at the draft, few he- few, few picks ahead of the Jets, you have the Bears, the Titans, the Packers, the Patriots. They're all looking at tackles. So there's a chance that the two tackles that the Jets like could be gone. Another name to keep an eye on is the wide receiver out of Ohio State, Jackson Smith-Nijigba. He is the top wide receiver on the board. If he is there at 15, I think the Jets take him. They pair him with Garrett Wilson. They play together at Ohio State. They give Aaron Rodgers. You can't give Aaron Rodgers enough weapons, right? We've got like four wide receivers now, the Jets, that are actually but pretty good. But only one of them are good. Well, Garrett's great. Garrett's, the other ones are pretty good. I don't know good. if Garrett's great. He's Garrett's great. very good. He's great. He's the best young wide receiver in football. I believe he is. Giants will pick at number 26. And I guess they're talking about wide receiver. They like that kid Flowers out of Boston College to help Daniel Jones. But 
What are you hearing? I'm hearing cornerback or wide receiver for the Giants. Like you said, Zay Flowers, he's on their board. He's the wide receiver from Boston College. You have Jordan Addison. That's another wide receiver from USC. So we're going to come down to what the teams before them do. You have the Chargers at 21, the Ravens at 22, and the Vikings at 23. All three of those teams are in the market for A, a wide receiver, and B, a cornerback. So it's going to really depend on what those teams do. If, if you have the Giants, a cornerback to circle, Emmanuel Forbes from Mississippi State. I heard the Giants may trade that pick, too. I'm hearing the Giants may trade. I've heard a lot about the Jets potentially trading the pick. If the wide receiver from Ohio State gone and the two tackles they like are gone for yeah. the first time in the Joe Douglas regime, he could trade down in the first round. They obviously lost a second-round pick for getting Aaron Rodgers. They could trade down, maybe get another second-round pick, a late first-round pick. So that's something else to keep an eye on. Mike DeDino runs the sports here at WABC. does a terrific job. We've got a great sports department here, folks. And, you know, I was saying earlier that between the NFL draft in Kansas City tonight, the Rangers and Devils, big game five tonight, the Knickerbockers for the first time in ten years, moving on to the second round. Even the Islanders are still alive. You know, there's a lot going on, and that's good for the Mets. Because it has been a miserable week for the Mets. They can't beat the Washington Nationals. If there was nothing else going on right now, Buck Showalter and the Mets, they'd be getting killed. Yeah, I guess the Mets are catching a break now. I always, I love when uh, fans overreact in April. It's April. It's a long season. Talk to me in October. I'm one of those guys, right? The Mets won 100 games last season, and then they were blanked in the playoffs. So, I mean, you could... You could uh, puff your chest all you want for six months, but at the end of the day, it comes down to October. But it's been a bad week for the Mets, but they'll be fine. I mean, Justin Verlander's still out there paying $360 million for the payroll, so they better be fine, but they'll be fine. Rangers-Devils, the road team has won every game. I know you're a big Ranger fan. You know your hockey, Mike Dino. The road team has won every game. Good news is Rangers are back on the road tonight, but the Devils clearly have the momentum. The Rangers blow this series. I won't be in work all next week. Is that right? No, it's you're going to be right, sitting shiver. I'm just going to be in my cold, <laughs> depressed room. Well, what do you alone. think? You think you'll be in your cold, depressed room? You think you'll be here? I think I'm going to be in my cold, depressed yeah, room. Yeah, me too. Me too. Hate to say it. Hate to oh, say it. Look at these guys. I know it's like, over. So my God. What do you mean? It's easy. It's too easy. Two, bro. It's Come on. Two. Come on. They have played horrible hockey. They're going to games. The guy. The guy couldn't find any success in double A hockey. They're going to figure out the, the stagnant goalie who doesn't move more than two inches at a time. He's like be, the best goalie ever. He's I like Patrick Wild. Yeah, you're treating him like Marty Brodeur. No, no, no. I agree with the Dino. Uh, no, I'm going to yeah. be at the Dino's house. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I got yeah, a queen yeah, bed yeah. now. You can snuggle up next to me. Uh, okay. One more time. Give everybody the website and now they can find all those sports. WABCSportsRadio.com. Do me a favor. Check the website out. Post an article on Facebook. Share it with all your friends. So I ask for. I don't really ask for that much in this life. That's a nice job. Mike DeDino, folks, doing a great job right here. We'll come back and wrap things up. It's been an amazing Thursday show. Sitting friends in the morning. Talk Radio 77, WABC. Radio 77 WABC. Uh, with Don, a little cure for you on the way out in between days. Lisa Orban, nice job getting that spot. Great job by my crew. Lou Rufino, as always, Hall of Fame performance. Justin Ellick, amazing. Norm Layden, outrageous. So good. We'll all be back again, God willing, as my driver Gene would say, tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Enjoy your Thursday in New York City. From all of us to all of you, until then, 